The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the C3 Panthers podcast, the podcast for your Carolina Panthers. Man, we are here. And listen, if you've noticed, I am not the professor. I am not Tony Dunn. He is on vacation with the missus, you know, uh, tending to his family life. Yeah, what a loser, right? <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll make this show go tonight without him uh i have a tremendous panel here tonight you know that guys we also have some special guests but the most special guest and of everyone joining us is the youtube chat room we all know him and love him it's our boy adam sanders our man drew cja craig cartner the real zero chill jay pray jd54 Muscles Marinara, White Chocolate Espresso, Legacy Lynn, what's up, Lynn, and William Taylor, what's going on? This is normally the part where I say Tony Dunn and nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll, and we will roll, but this time I'm going to pass it to my man CK, Codizzle Allen. Codizzle, what's up with you, bro? Man, I am getting more and more excited as the days go on. We have FanFest right around the corner, which we're going to be, you know, Greg, myself, and Cody Lashley, we're going to all be there, uh, you know, able to, you know, hang out with some of you guys if you're coming up and enjoying yourselves there that night. Um, But more importantly, we're going to see some real valuable plays on a live television in the form of preseason football on Saturday. And I, I listen, I don't know if there's anything more exciting than having a week coming through, being able to go to work and talk about football is one thing, right? But actually having the ability to know that it's coming around the corner, that anticipation is an unmatched feeling. Um, and, uh, and we're less than uh, four or five days away from that happening. So it's a exciting time. Very exciting time. And tomorrow, uh, a lot of the threes and the fours are going to be getting a lot of time, yep. too. So, you know, we're getting closer and closer to football, boys. Let's go. I'm pumped about it. Next up, you know them, you love them. It's the stat daddy. It's the bat daddy. Craig, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? What is going on, buddy? I've been looking forward to this Thursday to meet some C3 family and check out some Carolina Panthers football. And just so you know, anybody who shows up, I'm passing these bad boys out for free, so I better see some C3 Panthers podcast stickers oh, on cars, shit. on cups, nice. on laptops, and all that good stuff. 
So if you hear anything in the background tonight, I'm making a whole shit ton tonight. I've already got about 75 made. I'm about halfway there. But uh, anybody who's there, I expect C3 fam to, uh, you know, earn their keep and pass some out with me. So let's get the C3 name out there. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. That's it, man. That's it. I'm so pumped for Fan Fest. They yes. say it's going to rain, which I hope it doesn't. But a little rain isn't going to stop the show. We'll be all out in force. Uh, showing some love for these Carolina Panthers, man. Uh, next up, you know him and love him. He's from the Friday free-for-all. But you know what? We said while Tony is away, the boys will play. I invited my man Nick Montero to the show. Nick, what's up, brother? What's going on, Cody? Happy Tuesday. Happy to be on here. Ready to talk some football. And hey, like you guys said, preseason's here. I'm ready for it. Dude, I'm so pumped, man. I'm ready to see some football. And, you know, the Panthers are ready to, you know, to not beat up on their own teammates. You know, they're ready to to actually go against uh, against some other players. So I'm sure they're chomping at the bit. Next up, look, this man might as well be an honorary member of the C3 Panthers podcast at this point. You know him. You love him. It's John from One Carolina. John, happy to have you back, brother. What's up, man? Thank you, man. It's a, it's an honor to be here with you guys, man, sitting in for uh, Tony this evening. Uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of the show, and, uh, you know, I'm ready to kick it off, man, and uh, get this preseason started, man. Let's go. Hell yeah. Amen, man. Let's – man, do we have a big show uh, planned for tonight. Literally, uh, I would say about an hour – or two before we went live, a bombshell dropped uh, that I, I wasn't expecting. I don't know the if you chart. all were, but there was a Panthers depth chart, and man, people are already really upset about it. Uh, but before we jump into it, let me make sure we do our due diligence here. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. We're here year-round. And uh, listen, man, you know you're going to need your fix. And that's what the C3 Panthers podcast is here to do. Um, Also, yes, even though Tony is not here, Greg and I figured out how to do the cat calls. So if you would like to call into the show, leave a message, 252-228. 50 98 boys let's go ahead and jump into it oh yeah the depth chart has been released and i can kind of move us around to make sure that everything uh is completely in view here but man people are not happy about this man uh <laughs> let's just let, let's go ahead and jump into this let's talk offensive line our starting offensive line, as of right now, is Brady Christensen at left tackle, Michael Jordan at left guard, <laughs> Pat Elflin slash Bradley Bozeman at center, Austin Corbett right guard, Taylor Moten right tackle. They have not given Akema Kwanu any reps at guard this uh this training camp so although it does kind of look like brady christensen might be a little further along in terms of his talent at the left tackle 
position. CK, I'm going to jump to you on this, man. Yeah. What is your initial reaction of the depth chart on offense? And we're going to go through defense and everything. But, yeah, My, what's, uh, what's your initial reaction? Um, indecision. Indecisiveness is what I'm seeing, right? I, I see a lot of people that are listed on the first team that, like, like let's let's be real about it. Tell people where people, like, you value them right now. I know that there's a certain level of that that, isn't productive and doesn't really offer much to help your your team uh, continue to grow. But there's also a level of it like, listen, you've got to, if this is really about competition, if this is really about competition and you believe competition breeds the best, right? You can't sit here and shy away from saying that somebody's beating another person, right? You can't do that. Like, I think you've got to be able to realize you're two weeks into training camp. If somebody isn't above another person, then I think that speaks more value, you know, more highly about your inability to evaluate talent than it does about the people that are they're competing for that position. Like I just, it's so irritating to me um, that that you don't like you can't list even just from the Bradley Bozeman and Pat, Pat F, Elf line, right? Like make a decision of who you think is the number one right now. It doesn't mean that has to be the end result, but tell people what you really value them at so that they can actually. Hey, listen, the first are going to be this time during this preseason game. The ones are going to be Pat Elfline, you know, Baker Mayfield, X, Y, or Z, things like that, right? I think mm-hmm. that's valuable. I don't know. Yeah, and my, my biggest thing is I've been a big proponent of Brady Christensen playing left tackle for a long time. But let me tell you, I don't want Brady Christensen playing tackle if that means Kim Aquano is going to have to sit the bench all year. Like, it seems as though the only way that they intend to get both of these men on the field at the same time is when they have a corner at left tackle and then Brady Christensen at left guard. Mm-hmm. To me, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Greg, what say you, man? Look, Matt Rule is the uh, is the guy in high school that wants to break up with a girl but doesn't want it to be his fault, so he's always the guy that it's not you, it's me type deal. I think that what Matt, Matt Rule knows exactly who he has at one, two, three, and four, every position who's starting, period. But he doesn't want to piss anybody off. He doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. So he's going to give you like. all he's going to give you all the coach speak he needs and to make the players, even though the players, I don't even think believe it. The players know who's number one and who's number two. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if you've ever been on a team before, like, you know this guy's better than you. You know he's going to start over you. Like, there's very mm-hmm. rarely an occasion where it's borderline. I don't think we have anybody on our team that is borderline who's starting and who's not. We have our starting line. We have everybody who's backups. There is right. a clear difference. Mm-hmm. I think Matt Rule is just doing coach speak right now just to not piss anybody off because he's that guy that would rather you break up with him than him break up with you type deal you know that's an interesting take i I, you know i I can't understand the the icky situation at all like i mean the pat elf line bradley bozeman i guess i can sort of get that you know maybe i would like to see more definitive you know uh you know answer there but the icky thing is just a head scratcher man especially when you consider like where he was drafted Mm -hmm. you know what his specialty is as far as run blocking yeah um him being the highest rated you know offensive tackle or guard whatever uh, coming out in the draft, according to a lot of draft boards, uh, above Evan Neal and Charles Cross, and then the number of players that you see on other teams, like like I mentioned, Charles Cross, you know, starting left tackle right now, you know, for Seattle, 
Uh, Evan Neal's getting reps with the ones, uh, which he was absolutely manhandling uh, some people in practice at right tackle. Yeah. Uh, I saw a video of that. And so it just doesn't really like I don't know if maybe it's the development or, you know, or what. But with a line that has such, you know, flux, if you will, it just makes zero sense for this guy not to be in that starting rotation to get reps and to and to learn. But like, you know, this has to be I, I would hope to say that this is something that is not just a rule thing and also maybe a camping thing, maybe something he's seeing, maybe mm-hmm. even something Ben McAdoo seeing and saying like, hey, you know, this guy's going to be good. He's going to be great, but he's just not quite ready yet right. you know, to run with the ones. That's the only thing I can make of it. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go to Nick, but before I do, John, I wanted to give you a follow-up question. Why do you think it is that with all the experimentation that they have going at the offensive line, Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're mixing and matching. They don't even list the starting center. It's Pat Elflin slash Bradley Bozeman, which is the dumbest shit in the world to me. Right. Why did you bring right. in yeah. Bradley Bozeman, who, mm-hmm. by the way, Ravens fans were upset that they parted ways with. Mm-hmm. And he's still splitting time with Pat Elflin. I don't understand. But with all of this competition going around, why is it, you think, that they don't even experiment with Icky at any other position other than left tackle. I don't quite understand that. <clears throat> that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And and primarily because if we go back in history and look at, you know, some of the most successful people in our franchise's history, uh, mainly Jordan Gross, especially when you look at how high Icky was drafted, um, that I think the same thing happened to him. Didn't he spend some time, you know, at the beginning at right tackle before he moved to left? Yeah. Um, you know, I may need to be fact-checked on that, but – um, and, and it, yeah, and it's not it won't be the first time or the last time that that happens. So I don't really get that either. You know, like I said, it just it, there has to be from a because obviously we know. I mean, I think we all know this, that from a talent perspective, like it's not it's not a talent issue. Yes. It literally has to be maybe a, a picking up of the playbook, you know, uh, you know, slide protections, things like that. Because one thing I do know that's much different about McAdoo's offense than the offense we ran, you know, last year under Joe Brady is that the a quarterback makes a ton of checks at the line of scrimmage. And when he's making those checks, he's not just checking receivers in the hot routes. He's also, you know, changing protection, slide protection, things like that. So it could be that maybe he just needs a little bit more time to pick up on some of that stuff. Yeah. And that, uh, even Taylor Moten at one point when he did give an interview said that, uh, you know, he needs some time, that they're trying to kind of polish him up a little yeah. bit. So, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility, like, you know, I, I wonder if maybe we are putting too much on, on Icky. But again, Matt Rule has such a bad track record of right. mismanaging his rookie offensive talent. It's hard to know what's what. It's hard to know if this is on Matt Rule, just not giving enough opportunities. Right. I, I, I don't know. It's definitely weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick, we talk about this a lot on the Friday free-for-all. I think I've even kind of brought you over to my side of uh, Brady being left tackle. But I don't know. What do you make about this uh, starting lineup, man? Oh, I've, I've always been there, dude. With uh, with what we saw out of Brady last year, I always thought that we should have given him an actual shot at left tackle. And, you know, let's give Icky at least a couple of games at left guard, you know, so that way he gets his feet wet at least out there. Could be a situational yeah. sort of deal. Um, I think just like uh, one Carolina said, I think a lot of it comes down to just the polish of it. I think that's the only reason why we aren't seeing Icky and Brady Christensen at, on the field at the same time. 
especially with Icky at left guard. Sam yeah. Deffenberg, he's going to be cut, dude. Like that, I saw him play last year. No way, he is not gonna. He is not going to be on this team. Um, and Pat Affline, if I remember correctly, didn't didn't he play better at center than he did on the left side? He has exactly. Yeah. With yeah. other teams, he has definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could be one of those things where Bradley Bozeman needs to get adjusted to the offense and maybe Pat Fine picked it up faster. I'm not really sure. I'm not really going to sweat it yet until I actually see what goes on on game day. The last thing that I'll say, though, too, about uh, Icky, what if the plan is to start him at left tackle starting week two? Do we really want his first NFL game to be against Miles Garrett? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be one of them. It's either going to be Brady Christian or it's going to be a Kevin Kwanu. Mm. And it's like, it doesn't matter who you're putting up against him. It's Miles Garrett no matter what. So, I mean, I'd rather see Brady. Yeah. But, and and whoever wants to, you know, answer this, am I off base? for saying that Brady Christensen has always been a top-tier left tackle. He just didn't get the opportunity. But is it outside of the realm of possibility that the Panthers could indeed be better off with Christensen at left tackle than anyone else? You know, I, I, I've i kind of been on that same train of thought as well. I do think that Icky <clears> – I think Icky's one of those guys that could be great at either side. I, you know, like I said, based on his scouting report, it just seems like he would be better suited as a run blocker primarily at the left guard spot. Uh, But I do know that just watching Christensen last year, his anticipation, you know, you can see it in practice, like just the, you know, how he anticipates different moves. Like Brian Burns kills that swim move. And I mean, he done it quite a few times or tried to against Christensen and just could not get it off. And like, you know, he got him a couple of times or whatever. And I mean, Icky showed, you know, well against Burns a couple of times today. Uh, even, but you know, it's just, I just feel like he has just a more natural feel for the position. You know, I, I, I heard Rashad from PNP say something, uh, about Brandon Smith, uh, the linebacker, this Penn state linebacker. He said when he was doing drills, he said, it's just something about Brandon Smith. He just looks a lot smoother than a lot of the other linebackers. And that's how, that's kind of how I see the same thing with Brady Christensen. Like he just, he just has a feel for that tackle spot. You know, regardless of his, you know, armless size, things like that. Like he just he plays the position well. So yeah, you are thinking that Christensen's a better tackle then? I do. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I, I really have nothing now, to go I'm not off saying of. He's other than what I'm not saying, saying he's yeah. better than than Icky, because we don't know that yet. But I, right. I just think his natural right. position is is better at left tackle than left guard. And see, I think that's important because I think that with Icky, he can play either one probably better than Christensen can. So it's at a point where what can Christensen play best? Put him there. Let Icky play at the other spot, hmm. like to maximize your effort. So if, if that's what you see, I really don't know looking at this because I can't analyze offensive linemen that well. I have to kind of go off what everybody else says. Can I say something real quick? That yeah. that last message you just posted up, uh, I think it was the Donald guy had said, so you draft yeah, a guard I wanted that to high. talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Listen, man, if you it don't, if the guy turns out to be a Hall of Famer, was it a wasted pick at six? No. Agree. We have this yep. fantasy, like this fascination with left tackle. Like if Brady turns out to be a, a, a pro bowler left tackle and Icky a pro bowler left guard, then it's great. Right. <laughs> so it, it doesn't really matter. Right. right. That, that's all I want is the best for both of them. Yes. Same. 
And to add on to that, too, you know, it's one of those things where look at how we've been the last few years on the offensive line. We have needed offensive linemen, at least quality offensive linemen, for a long time. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I'm okay with drafting a guard at six as long as if he's going to be good. It can't be a wasted pick. That's the only thing. Well, I think our most improved point this year that we focused on finally was offensive line. And, like, Mm -hmm. I I just can't can't stop harping on how good Christian McCaffrey has been when healthy with the line and the weapons we have. Imagine what he can be if we have a sub, if we have a par offensive line, imagine what this guy can be. Yeah. Like Marshall fault type numbers may be better. I'm, I'm like, I'm, it sounds crazy to say that, but seriously, it's, it's right there. Right. It you doesn't. Know? Cause he already done it. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's he's done, on so. pace to beat Marshall Falk, even with the time he's missed. Yeah. If he continues to produce what he's done throughout his career, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and listen, like, that to me, this is the, the part that's the most frustrating, right? Like, just taking myself out of it completely, I want both of these guys on the football field. Right. I, I mean, I want Brady Christensen and Akema Kwanu to be playing on an offensive line. Even though I'm a proponent of Christensen playing on the outside and Kwanu playing in, if the Panthers aren't going to give Icky reps at left guard, then it's like, man, I feel like we're wasting our time giving Brady Christensen so many reps at left tackle. Like, I want to maximize the talent that we have on our offensive line, and I feel like the only way you do that is if you have both of these dudes on the line at the same exact time, man. I also feel like uh, when it comes to this center thing, like they're bouncing around Pat Elflin and Bradley Bozeman. I believe it might have been John Ellis on Twitter who kind of put forth the idea that, well, Bradley Bozeman had traditionally been paired with Baker Mayfield, and they kind of kept that. So whenever Baker Mayfield was starting reps with the twos, they would have Bradley Bozeman also starting with oh. the twos so that way they could kind of form that hmm. bond. I can't confirm or deny this, but it, it also seems like they're doing a little bit of the same thing at the center position. Mm. Like they're kind of, I feel like they're kind of giving Bradley Bozeman a rough go of it when that was one of our best offensive line moves this offseason. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if we're, if we're going to be starting Baker, then that would, if that actually happened, that would make a lot of sense. And I'm for it in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I haven't heard very much about. I haven't heard very much about him playing. You know, so. Yeah. And also to kind of go on what John said, I don't agree with this notion that uh, you don't draft a guard in the top ten. Like, why are you going to tell me that Quentin Nelson, who was also drafted number six overall, that he isn't the linchpin? Yeah, but also that he isn't the most important person in that Colts offensive line. Like, just because you're a guard doesn't automatically mean that you're less valuable than the left can tackle. We, like, can we also talk about how I would say that there's a lot of similarities between Icky and Quentin Nelson as well in the way that they try to finish their blocks? Like, Quentin Nelson is a dog, right? Yeah. He wants to put every person he blocks against into the dirt and just mm-hmm. make sure they can't get up, right? Like, that, you kind of get that feeling with Icky as well. Right, these guys are are not, uh, you know, you're not dealing with people who, uh, 
who aren't capable of of doing some incredible things on this offensive line. And, and Ben McAdoo's like statements about Icky, I think uh, I don't know if we have a clip of it, but he basically said one of the greatest statements of of a of a of a offensive lineman. He said that that when that guy's blocking, he can block out the moon, right, or block mm. out the sun, or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and so, which is a ringing endorsement for a guy who uh, who hasn't been getting first team reps, oddly enough. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see uh, what happens, and that's why I think that this preseason game is so important, and that's why I'm you know I think we have a lot of excitement uh, around what's going to be happening here. Mm-hmm. Ben McAdoo's one liners are great. Yeah, they are. Here I was talking. I didn't even have my uh, <laughs> uh I had my shit muted, man. I did too, yeah. I'm messing <laughs> up over here, bro. Uh I, dude, I'm yo, you've never seen a cripple juggle so many different things at once. I'm uploading cat calls, I'm putting comments up. Y'all gotta work with me, okay? Uh so uh I do wanna uh ask before we move on to the defense here. Let me get this off the screen. Uh is there anything else that jumps out to you? On the depth. Oh, how about this? Should anything be made of the fact that PJ Walker is listed ahead of Matt Corral? Part of it is like nepotism, this isn't something maybe. to this isn't something to really worry about right now, you know. But I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of annoyed because Matt Rule continuously does this with his rookie offensive players. Like he like almost hazes them. I mean, it might not be that bad. But he doesn't really like he really makes them prove their worth on the mm-hmm. team. Yeah. You know, but before they're actually able to, you know, do something meaningful uh yeah. for the Carolina Panthers. Um I don't know. Any any more thoughts and uh before we move on to uh to the defensive lineup here. All I know is this to your uh, point about Matt Corral. If Matt Corral comes out, it don't matter whether he's you know, third team, fourth team, and he absolutely shreds the opposing defense. It's just, I mean, it's just going to further. It's to me, it it stands to make Matt Rule look that much more potentially incompetent than anything yeah. else. So, I guess and, you know, time will tell. Yeah, I'll say, and my thing is to add on to the point right here, and and to to be where this matters, what this depth chart actually means. I, I literally heard Matt Rule say out of his mouth yesterday that it would be at least two weeks before they decided who the starting quarterback was going to be. I literally, I heard him say today, or at least read an article today, that that Baker Mayfield's making leaps and bounds. So, like, he's very wishy-washy. He's telling you what you want to hear. He knows who the starters are. Like I said, I can't think of any other position on the team other than maybe left tackle, left guard, who we know who at least the two starters are going to be but not where, or quarterback where there's any question of who's starting. Right. Like, like th- this is – this is Matt Rule making coach talk. And and if Matt Rule has has PJ Walker listed ahead of Matt Corral, then we know he's just an idiot. He's only doing this for purposes of Matt Corral being a rookie because there is absolutely no way you can make any argument whatsoever that PJ Walker is even on the same playing level that Matt Corral is without even seeing Matt Corral throw an NFL snap or in, taking an NFL snap. Like so yeah, I, I know this, not even being there looking at the team, not knocking PJ Walker, but you've had your chances to be an NFL quarterback. Wouldn't that be the argument? What's that? Like for PJ Walker is like he has had those snaps in the game. Like wouldn't that be I guess there that that would be my argument. If I'm if I'm coming against you from that perspective, argument would be Matt Corral hasn't taken a snap in the league, right? He hasn't proven anything. PJ Walker's undefeated when starting in the league. 
This right? is true. Facts. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> but to be fair, uh, so was Teddy Bridgewater for five games when he started with the Saints, right? right. So, but, yeah. like to each yeah, their own. Kyle right? Allen for a little bit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's it's a limited sample size, and and quite honestly, it wasn't like they were going. We were going against like top tier talent. Uh, you know, outside of did he he started technically when we went against the Cardinals, I think. Um, but like the Cardinals shit the bed. Like it was at that point in the season when Kyler Murray decided that he was going to start playing video games instead of actually watching tape. Well, and and to be fair, he started the Arizona game, but he did not win the Arizona game. Like Cam Newton accounted for every touchdown in that game. PJ right. Walker was kind of a filler. You know, in that, in yeah, that but PJ, so, in all fairness, PJ got him down there. You know, yes. yeah. that's true. That, I mean, that he is... played. He played well for for what he is. He, he PJ's like best game play. was that game, and I believe it was 2019, where yeah. he had to step in against 20. the uh, the Lions, yeah. and mm-hmm. we pitched a shutout. And it felt like PJ kind of brought a new energy to the team that but day against the that we had really been in some desperate need of. Yeah. Again, I like PJ. Um, I, I just think Matt Rule has said that they intend on keeping three quarterbacks. And at the end of the day, no one thinks that they're going to give up on their quarterback that not only are their fans excited about, but the coaches have also been incredibly excited about. Uh, and by the way, it's for a reason, man. Like a lot of people are still kind of going back and forth about the future. And, you know, if it ends up being Baker or Matt Corral, you know, it, that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But these are the reasons. Let me put, take this down. Yeah, you might. Yeah. These are the reasons why you draft a Matt Corral. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral today in practice with the touch. The perfect release. That's beautiful. The ball right yeah, in front that of them. Beautiful. Man, that's beautiful. And listen, after a match, look, people are going to say I'm rushing it. Uh, the team isn't going to do what I want to do anyway. So uh, I can wish for Matt Corral to be the starter, and it doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when you see all these beat reporters talk about how behind the curb, uh, or, or you know that uh, Matt Corral needs more time and things like that. Dude, I have to imagine that if he had gotten more time with the ones, he might be looking pretty damn good right now. Very right. dedicated, very, uh, you know, really trying to prove himself. Uh, but, yeah, man, like, I, I just don't see a scenario where Matt Corral isn't going to be a big part of what we do going forward. And John even said this before, before the show. Like, how many of us are so excited about the preseason because we feel like we're going to get a shot to see so many of our talented younger players actually play some legitimate football yeah. like Matt Corral. I'm, right. I'm pumped for that. The my thing thought, is, no, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so here's my thought. So the belief that we're going to be going into the season with three quarterbacks, right? We know one of these guys are going to be the odd man out. I don't think it's PJ. I don't think it's Matt Corral. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. And Ooh, here's the thing. I like this. Go with it. Here's Here's the thing. My opinion on the matter, okay? Sam Darnold is going to either, if we can't find a trade partner, which we're not going to, we will cut him. And we're going we're gonna to eat that salary because one reason and one reason only, okay? It's the same reason that they're not letting Jimmy G come into the, uh, into the locker room uh, in, in 49ers training camp. Mm. You cannot have a guy sitting in the helm waiting mm. to take, o- take over when somebody's starting to get bad, right? 
And mm-hmm. and so I think that that's what it is going like Sam Darnold. If he's going to be second string, well, there's going to be this constant like, well, now we have him like we're going to if Baker Mayfield had a bad first two games, we're going to have to move on to the, you know, Sam Darnold and let him. And it's going to be a lot easier for our coach and staff to make that decision with Sam Darnold as opposed to you know the three that we would have if we kept, you know, P.J. Walker and Matt Corral. And I think personally, uh, Sam Darnold, unfortunately, I guess we already know that at this point in time, it's a lost cause. Like we, we're paying him $17 million for no reason whatsoever anyway. He's not going to be the starter this year, right? We, I think we all can agree with that. So if we're going if, to, if we really have the intention of moving on from him, if we don't really believe he's going to be the guy, then why, like, I don't care if he is going to be the backup. The hope is he's never seen the field anyway. If we lose, if we, if Baker Mayfield goes down or if he's sucking, we're not going to be doing well anyway as, as a squad. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's sort of like if Cam Newton went out of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Derek Anderson yeah. was able to do some things, but let's be real. We didn't have Derek Anderson starting games thinking we were going to win. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. we'll go to John and then, uh, and then, uh, I'll jump yeah. go ahead, John. To your point, CK is, you know, kind of poetic justice because we've seen a similar situation happen the last time, not the last time Cleveland was good, but the last time before they went over or, you know, one in 31 when they had sort of a fighting chance. Uh, and there was that whole quarterback, you know, controversy between Jimmy, I mean, excuse me, um, Johnny Manziel and Brian Hoyer. And, like, Mike Pettin had them at, like, seven and four at one point in the season, and you yank Brian Horia because the ownership wants to play Johnny Manziel because of where they drafted him. And so I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, if you have Sam Darnold in here, like right. Baker, while he may be better, you know, than Sam Darnold, he's always going to be looking over his shoulder. And, it all, and it'll leave Matt Rule an option to be, like, sort of like last year, where right. instead of letting us run with Cam, let's just you know, let's see if we can get, you know, sneak Sam Darnold back in here because of what we right. paid him. Right. Can I be honest with you with, with Sam Darnold and the Baker Mayfield situation? Here's my personal thoughts is I don't believe Baker Mayfield is the guy that's going to take us to the promised land. Now I do believe he can do it, but here's the thing that gets me with Baker as opposed to Sam and why I'm in Baker's camp and not Sam's. When Baker Mayfield got signed, Sam Darnold should have said, screw you. I'm the quarterback of this team. And he didn't, he has no moxie, no backbone, no spine. I need a guy that's in charge of my team even if he's not the best quarterback in the league, to act like he is. And that's what I get from Baker Mayfield. Whether he's the best guy out there or not, I get that. When I see Sam Darnold out there, he looks scared. I need a guy to step up with a backbone and have some moxie and say, this is my team, and if we lose, it's my fault. If we win, it's my fault. But I'm the reason this team's going to go there. Whether he can do it or not, I need him to have that attitude. Sam Darnold does not have that. And that's why I am in Baker Mayfield's camp as opposed to Sam Darnold's. If wanna, Sam Darnold would have said when Baker Mayfield got signed, screw you, I'm the quarterback, come beat me, I'd have been in Sam Darnold's camp 100%. But he didn't. But he didn't. Let me add you some spice to that so you can finish that statement here, uh, Greg. Um, you didn't hear Matt Rule when Baker Mayfield got signed or traded for come out and tell everybody, I, I just told Baker not to, to focus on the playbook. We don't need him to be a leader. You didn't hear, like, he said that about Sam Darnold. Like, people forget that. When Sam Darnold came here, the head coach of the football team told the quarterback, who was the leader of the offense, I don't need you to be a leader on this team. That's how little faith he had in him, right? Sam Darnold isn't a leader. He has not been somebody, like, he's not a rah-rah guy. And and tell me when you've seen a Super Bowl, you know, quarterback who is a guy who's a top 10 quarterback who has been able to take their team anywhere that hasn't been somebody who's lifted their team up emotionally, but also from a just being able to be talentedly, get, you know, being talented and physically gifted. Right. 
every single one. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all the greats, you you name them. You see them in the huddle just, just building their team up. I've yet to ever see a Sam Donald clip of him hyping up his squad. And that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it that definitely matters. matters. Uh, and uh, you know what else matters? It really matters that we had a bunch of people who come into this show and they, they listen to us talk Panthers. But at the end of the day, there's still just a bunch of weirdos. And there happens to be a whole bunch of them in the chat. And instead of like prolonging the wait for why they're really here, I think you might as well just get it over and done with. Why don't you go ahead and talk to them, Big Papa? Ladies and gentlemen, we are T-minus five days away from the Carolina Panthers taking the field. We have two days from FanFest when I might be able to meet some of you freaks. Okay, we're going to be there enjoying watching the Panthers practice, seeing their families, watching a laser light show, fireworks, and we're super excited. You've come to this chat to finish talking about training camp. You're all here, 275 of you legends, but you haven't hit that like button yet. You haven't hit that subscribe button yet. I have one thing to say to all you legends. Subscriber shame. Two hundred and seventy people, ninety-six thumbs up. If everyone hit the like button right now, oh, dude, we're the kings of the algorithm, dude. Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to see your boys be kings for once? Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. You know we're just ramping up this content, baby. We're gonna be here all year round. We're gonna be doing beat checks. We're gonna be doing debate my takes. The post-game show is coming back. Listen, man, hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. You already know what it is. Boys, let's finish this depth chart, uh, and then we'll really get into all the things that we were kind of just getting at and and getting into. But let's finish uh, this here depth chart. This is the defense that we're looking at here. Let me make sure everybody can see what we're looking at. Um, I didn't have as many thoughts on this as I did the offense, but I will say this. Um, I've been someone who is uh, very high on Davion Nixon, and I see him as the backup to Derek Brown. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like Davion Nixon would be much better served as a three-tech meaning lined up next to Derek Brown rather than playing that one tech, zero tech that, you know, they kind of have Derek Brown playing. Uh, John alluded to this on his show the other night. It's looking like we're trying to be a much more um, of a a truer 4-3 defense Mm -hmm. than we ever have before. So it's really going to be interesting uh, how they line these guys up. Uh, but just based off your initial thoughts, uh, what, what are we uh, thinking about this defense right here? And is there anything that maybe has you uh, maybe scratching your head? What, what's everyone's thoughts here? I have one thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. That I have scratching my head. Um, Corey Littleton. Mm, you hit it right where I was going to say it. Go ahead. Corey <laughs> Littleton being a backup to Shaq Thompson. Now, I'm not saying he should have taken Shaq Thompson's place, but right now, I mean – 
I, I don't know who I would put him ahead of, but I, I from like I watched his press conference today. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that. Uh, apparently, he is trying to play all over the place, but the fact they have him on the depth depth chart behind Shaq Thompson just felt feels a little odd to me. I agree with you 100%. That was the thing that stood out to me whenever you, whenever I first looked at this. And, and I think based on that and what Cody was saying with the Marquise Haynes being number two behind, you know, or uh, excuse me, uh, the the um, Nixon being behind Brown, uh, I think this just further proves the point that they were probably told, look, you have to have a depth chart in by this time so that we can put it out there. So that way mid-level shows like us can talk about it or, or pe- people can talk mm-hmm. about it. This doesn't mean anything. I really don't think this depth chart means anything because once again, I don't think there's a lot of arguments as far as position goes, but seeing this and seeing what we see clearly as well, that doesn't look right. It's just them filling out stuff on paperwork and, and sending it in for like an assignment. Like you had to have this in by this date. So just fill out the paperwork yeah. and send it in. It's what I really feel like this is, you know? Yeah. Uh, not, not a whole lot to really kind of, uh, you know, freak out about uh, my man Drew says Corey Littleton should start at middle linebacker. Right mm-hmm. now, they have him behind Shaq Thompson uh, as Shaq's backup. They have Brandon Smith behind uh, Frankie Louvu. And listen, I kind of think that they intend to use Frankie Louvu and Brandon Smith for that matter. Yeah, as more pass rushers. Yeah. Than than anything else, I, I really do think. That that's how they intend to use them. I mean, that's how we've seen Frankie Louvu used. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Brandon Smith is going to be very similar in that regard. Uh, I don't know. I just think that it's such a wasted opportunity at the middle linebacker position. I, I just feel like the most important position of our defense that Mike linebacker gets the least amount of love and attention. And uh, so, again, we're, we're going to talk about Roquan Smith a little bit later. But uh, all of these, if you look at our depth from top to bottom, to me, the, the position group that worries me the most is middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't mm-hmm. have faith in Damian Wilson, Kamal Martin, or yeah. Isaiah Graham Mobley, whoever the hell that is. You know, it's like <laughs> that, that, that's such an important position. And I just feel like we've been neglecting it for so long that yeah. it's it's a travesty at this point. I agree with you. I was uh, really big on in the draft, Chad Muma. Um, yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, I, I think I, I do wonder, like, how some of this plays with just the multiple fronts uh, that they try to show because it doesn't – like, w- with the base 4-3 that we ran under Rivera, there was like, you know, Luke Keekley was, you know, a feature player. Thomas Davis was a feature player. Charles Johnson and, and others – like in this defense, it, it kind of feels like it's more plug and play yeah. where it's like if we're in a three, three, five, the feature might be, you know, J.C. Horn in the slot because he might, you know, come down and crash or or Jeremy Chin might play in the box a little more in a, in a you know, a four, two situation or whatever. So, it, you know, I don't know that the middle linebacker, if they put as much emphasis on it as we kind of do or whatever, or, or like it used to be uh, in those right. uh, in the glory days of our defense. But I mean, it, it does work. And I had said this on uh, Twitter earlier that if you're in a three-three-five and you are forcing a team to throw the ball, then Phil Snow's going to look like an absolute genius. But when teams can run on you like crazy, like it, it, it gets exposed very quickly. 
Yeah. So, so I have a question. When I play fantasy, I always try to take a different strategy than everybody else is taking. And do you think that may be kind of like what they're looking at here? Because while I agree that having a middle linebacker as maybe your strongest position on defense is a good idea, I look at the other positions we have, and we're really strong in a lot of other places. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're trying to make up for not having that middle linebacker? And they feel like, well, maybe we don't have to be as strong at middle linebacker. If we're if we're elite and everything else, and it could be a good way to go, because like for fantasy, I'll like if I look at the way the draft's going, I'll draft like the top five tight ends. So I have trade positions and I have a different strategy to play than everybody else. And maybe that's kind of the the advantage they're looking at here is you don't have to have that elite middle linebacker because not everybody has one. So you've got to figure out a way to work around that. And I think maybe that's what they're doing here. Uh, I think Littleton's a better linebacker than Shaq Thompson. I'm more loyal to Shaq Thompson being a Panther, but just I think he's a better linebacker, and I think eventually he's going to take over that number one spot, and then I don't think we're going to have to worry about this elite middle linebacker question much longer, to be honest with you. I think he's an elite middle linebacker. Yeah, by the way, I agree with my man C-Dog, and I was saying this about Frankie Louvre last year. Like, why not take your big, athletic, strong guys and put them at Mike? Like, I mean, you're going to tell me that Brandon Smith doesn't have the athleticism to be able to drop back in coverage and flip flip his hips? Like, the dude ran a high 4-3, and he's like 250 pounds, 6'4". Like, this guy, just from an athletic profile perspective, is really, 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 really good. And I just think he has the potential to be so much more. You know, uh, I think uh, Rashad from PMP has famously called Brandon Smith, our, uh, uh, our our discount version of uh, what's the guy the uh, Michael Cowboys? Parsons. Yeah, our, our discount version of Michael Parsons, and that might very well be true. Uh, Frankie Louvu might be our discount Michael Parsons this year. <laughs> it, it, again, like they they really do intend to play them uh, the same way, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there any more discussion uh, needing to be had about this depth chart? Uh, before we move on again, like this came out just before the show, uh, like while we were setting up the show, there isn't too much to be made from it because we know that they're waiting until after that Patriots game Mm -hmm. and those scrimmages to really kind of hone in the roster. Um, but is there any other thoughts we have here? Um, I saw someone mention Jeremy Chen at free safety instead of strong safety. And, uh, that's kind of weird. It seems like him and Xavier should be uh, flipped in that scenario. Uh, yet they're still calling right. Chen the free safety. Any thoughts on that? I'm just waiting for them to change change Jeremy Chen's number to a 50 and put him at linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could probably do that. Well, I was going to ask which one which one blitzes more, free safety or strong safety, or is it just basically a matter of who your coach is? I'm, I'm not sure. Well, strong safety they're they're in the box more. Okay. So normally they're going to be the ones that that's, that's blitzing. Like you can also do a lot of nickel corner blitzes, you know, if you put someone like that uh, at that spot. Which, by the way, knowing how Steve Wilkes is, I think the blitz, especially the corner blitz, mm-hmm. is going to be a big part of our defense this year. Yeah. I'm calling that now. Yeah, and Dante, I- and I, that's exactly what I was going to say about Ooh. the interesting thing about Kalan uh, Barnes being there because – Man, he is a burner. If he has good ball skills, like yeah, he is going to be a crazy good asset for this. And I, I suspect you'll probably see him some in a uh, punt return, possibly uh, okay. punt and kick return as well. 
See, I want Jeremy Chin to be in any kind of blitz package we have. Because anytime I see Jeremy Chin in the backfield, he's making big things happen. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's a guy that I that he has he has defensive back coverage skills and ability, but he also has linebacker blitzing ability. That's mm-hmm. a guy that I want to be able to be yeah. as close to the line as possible when he can be. We saw it today yeah. in those uh, in the uh, red zone drills uh, whenever oh, yeah. uh, he stopped Tommy Tremble. He's amazing. Yeah, he is amazing mm-hmm. in the backfield. Jeremy Chin is. He's just yeah, super he athletic. Is. He's got the he's got the hit factor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Best draft right. that we've had in years. To be honest with you, I think like. I, and I, not I, for, not for nothing. Can I say something about that real quick? Sure. Just sidebar, <laughs> yeah. like because a lot of people were like, "Oh man, Tommy Tremble reached over the goal line." Matt Rule's going crazy right now. Like, no, it was situational. That was fourth down. You should try to reach over the goal line because if you if he doesn't get it, the ball's turned over anyway. Right. The reason he did that to Rashard Higgins is because Rashard Higgins was also the same player that done that against Kansas City and lost the ball and they and the ball was turned over. That was a, a like almost potential, or you could argue, was a play that decided that game. Yeah, yeah, nope. easily, man. And I've been saying this too. I would love to see, you know, one of the things that I found out is that Dante Jackson is a very polarizing player to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. I find that fans either love Dante Jackson or they yeah. hate Dante Jackson. Which and is so maybe, weird. Maybe, yeah, maybe it hits him. a strong word, but yeah. I've been a believer that we have put so much on Dante Jackson's plate that it was impossible for him to look good in a lot of those scenarios that we put him in. Uh, we had him on the outside, uh, uh, you know, on the other side of James Bradbury. Say what you want about James Bradbury. He's not on the Panthers anymore. And he's not on the Giants anymore either. He's on the Uh, Raiders, right? And then the Panthers have had such a problem stopping the run. It's like everyone has to play close to the line. Of course you're going to get beat deep over the top when you're constantly having to worry about stopping the run. I think all of these factors have really kind of inhibited what DJX has been able to show us as a football player. And last year I felt like he played his best football ever playing faster than ever playing down, downhill. Uh, really also, got better at that form tackling. Go ahead. Okay. I'm also willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for the first few years because he was young. Right. I mean, there's a reality mm-hmm. that exists that these players aren't going to be their, their best potential until they get to a certain point. Right. And he just now got out of his rookie contract. He got his first deal and he's now back with us because because he's that he last year he did show that leadership. And honestly, I love DJAC now. I've been that person who's been on the polarizing side of where where DJAC is. I didn't believe yeah. that he was a guy <laughs> that was going to be able to do much for us because it felt like he didn't have that maturity. Now I feel like he is a bona fide leader on this team. I feel like he is a guy, he is that rah-rah guy that mm. you're looking for on a, as a defense. Like, he reminds me, him and Shaq Thompson do a lot, but I think Deshaun or, or Dante Jackson has a lot better, um, I don't know, inner, he has that Thomas Davis energy, right, when he when it comes to talking up the team. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm here for it. I, I can't speak highly enough. I, I, like I said, I was a big uh, critic of him, but now I'm, I'm very much uh, in his, you know, in the Dante Jackson favor, uh, favorable opinion uh, outlook right now. Yeah, I, I think so too. I also, uh, I would really like to see him get some snaps at nickel corner. Uh, like CJ yeah. Henderson has really been impressive 
during training camp, I would like him and JC Horn to live on the outside. Uh, and then uh, and, and let Dante kind of roam the middle yeah. and use that speed and really kind of take away a lot of that middle of the field. Uh, yeah. Nick, did you want to jump in with anything before we uh, move on to Baker Mayfield? Dude, it's a good thing that you just brought up C.J. Henderson, man, because quite honestly, if he didn't work out, that would have that would have hurt our defense pretty hard. We did we we need him to work out and work out good. We gave up more form than we thought we did at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and that, dude, if how about that? If Fitterer Fitterer is going to end up going down as a legend if CJ Henderson ends up being a shut down corner, he better show side. me something. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, he man. better show me something because he didn't he last year. He's going crazy year. in camp, bro. He didn't he, he last going year. Crazy but... in camp. Yeah. Well, also remember he came in late. He came he from came Jacksonville in late to Carolina. From... Yeah. Yeah. He, but... he was he was dealing with a lot. You he know, came I, from I, Jacksonville I think... because he was not doing what he should do. Like he was like kind of garbage he was a bust draft pick which is why i have a hard time believing he is good because he hasn't amazed me yet but he was a first round wasn't he a top 10 draft pick yeah and he got traded two years later there's a reason for that now i'm not saying he can't be good but i have not seen anything that impresses me to be a top 10 draft pick or to be a guy that i'm insanely excited about now if he does well i'm I'm hoping for him to do well but he didn't show me anything yet last year he was not great what they were saying about him down in Jacksonville was the fact that it just looked like he didn't want to play football anymore. Right, and he has no drive. Jackson, yeah. yeah, but Jacksonville was a dumpster fire of a team, man. You know, sometimes all it takes is a little change of scenery and it lights a fire back in your belly. Dude, you can put me on a college team. If you're going to pay me X amount of million dollars a year, I'm going to put forth all my effort. That's just, me, right per- that's just me personally. Like, if you're going to pay me, like for me – a veteran minimum minimum contract, a million dollars, is that veteran minimum, whatever? Like, that's life-changing money for me. I'm going to play to my best ability to change my family's life. Like, As, that, that excuse what? doesn't work for me. But I, I get what you're saying, but that but for me personally, that excuse doesn't work. Like the, the, other, the other thing, Greg, is too, I mean, how old are you? 38. Yeah. He's... What twenty one or no twenty three? That's a good point. Something like mm-hmm. that. That's a very good. You point. know, his yes. priorities are a little bit different. He can look at it as, "Oh, I'm still young and I can do something else." You very, know what I mean? Point. Yep. So, not just that, yep. but it's also, man, that money situation, man. I'm telling you, you cannot. I don't. I've never. I've been a person who has worked at some places and made some extremely good money, and I've worked at some places and made some, you know, okay money, and. Um, the places that I made the okay money, man, I was so much more at peace. Like, and you can't mm-hmm. pay for that. Like, you can't put a dollar amount on that kind of piece. So, it right. could be. I mean, just look at the situation, you know, from last year, man, and just like, or the yeah, last year, some of last year, year before. Like, he was just the Jaguars are, and, and no disrespect for them, but they're an organization who has always been in flux, like every single year, you know, and that's not us at all. You know, more stability yeah, right. here. He's doing better under Steve Wilkes. So, you know, I just think I'm I'm like uh my man, um gosh, I forgot you. I can't see on the screen right here, but my, my bad. But uh, I just think Sorry. it's a, yeah, uh Nick. Sorry about that, Nick. Yeah, uh, I just think it's one of those things where you know, new new place, you know, new faces and you know, just a new attitude. And and who and look at who he had around him in Jacksonville too, and compared and compare that to now. I mean, his defense 
now is a lot better than what it was in Jacksonville. So I bet you in Jacksonville, he felt like he was the only one there making plays or trying to make plays, and it was all on him. And I don't, maybe he's just not that type of player. Maybe he just has to be around quality guys in order to perform the way that he should. Right. But do you want a guy like that? Do you want a guy, look, I, I hate to cross sports, but do you want a Kevin Durant? Do you want a guy who will only play well when he's on a championship team? Mm. That, that's no. my thing. Like, I want a guy who's going to play his hardest and play his I'm best right no matter what. Look, like, look, I'm putting this in the chat right now. It doesn't matter if I'm getting paid in millions to work out and play a game. Because realistically, I hate to say it, y'all, that's what it is. They're getting paid to work out and play a game, which I would take any day of the week, any time. Any, if somebody's going to pay me $5 million to work out for six months of the year and play a game one day a week, hell yes, I'll do it. Now, I don't know. I Granted, I am not in that position. I cannot say that I know what these guys go through, but I cannot imagine that their lives are harder than mine. I just can't. Because even when you have your downtime, you have anything you want. Like, like no matter what you're going through to get whatever you want, in the end, you're getting whatever you want. So in the end, is it really that, like... I, I just I just don't feel for these guys, especially quarterbacks. Oh my god, who complain about money? Like I I, I just can't can't deal with that, man. Like you so, are getting paid to play a game and work out. Let me Period. ask. Can I ask you a quick That's question? All there is to it. What, yeah, what do you so want? I, I ask this question and then we gotta move on because we got. I want to ask an honest question. When calls. you mentioned the yeah, quarterback no. thing, where do you work? I work at the post office. Is okay if if the post office like is there outside of you performing? your normal duties, like your everyday duties that you're supposed to, is there any chance that you would ever get like hurt or anything like that to where you couldn't perform your job? Like, are you a runner or you like work inside the office or whatever like that? Well, I deliver mail. So yeah, there's definitely a chance I could, could get hurt. Absolutely. Yes. Cause I think the thing, the quarterback is a once in a lifetime situation, once in a lifetime opportunity. And these right. guys are taking the risk literally like, you know, we look at a guy like uh Lattimore for South Carolina, Cody, like this guy, you know, goes out there, puts it all on the line and it can never play football again. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of understand why they try to go after the big money because you are literally one hit away from your dream being completely crushed. Like, And I get that. I totally do. Looking out for your family and looking out, having the best interest for what's going to happen in the future, I get that. But at what point is there a line where you say, okay, you're getting paid six months out of the year to play a game and work out? Like, literally, I, I hate putting it like that, but realistically, that's what it is. You're getting paid six months out of the year to play a game and work out and make media appearances. Like, I'm sorry, just coming from a guy who's worked three jobs, two jobs the majority of my life to barely make it, it just seems like I would give that up in an instant if I had the physical ability these guys had. Hands down, I would give that up, no problem. And I would probably do it for a tenth of what they're doing. You know, I'm, I'm right I, there with you on that one, man. The other thing to remember, too, is, though, you've already said it. You would take the opportunity if it was given to you. And let's face it, never hurts to have just a little bit more. And sometimes, that, that's a you know, point. you got to push. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. Yeah, Because if you know so, the next guy the will. Most, yeah. All right, so we're going to move on from this uh, roster uh, conversation. Great discussion. And, again, there's not really too much – to to look into you know this is going to change so much um by the way rules for the chat room be respectful to everybody that's my only rule you can talk bad about you know any football team we don't silence any opinions just be cool to everybody 
And uh, don't talk shit about me because I'll throw your ass out of here faster than you can blink. So, uh, talk shit about me. I don't care. What's up, bro? Anyway, (laughs) uh, let's move on. Uh, And we need to talk about Baker Mayfield, y'all, because as you might have seen, I named the show tonight Baker Mayfield is QB1. And you might have noticed that we didn't talk about this much in the roster discussion uh, because we're going to talk about it now. And we continue to have this conversation largely because Matt Rule uh, continues to say that there is a competition and that they will not be done evaluating this competition until after we play the Patriots. But we all know that this isn't the truth, man, because literally anyone and everyone who has been paying attention knows that Baker Mayfield of the starting two has been far better than Sam Darnold in just about every way possible. Uh, This is from the Charlotte Observer here. Uh, John Ellis, I believe is his name. I'll I'll get that right. Uh, I'll I'll look it up here in a minute. But it says, but uh, Mayfield set the tone from the start. Practice opened up with the live red zone session. The offense ran eight plays from inside the four and scored five times. Mayfield, Darnold, and rookie Matt Corral all tossed touchdowns. Darnold and Mayfield are in an open competition to be Panthers' starting quarterback. But over the past three practices, Mayfield has established himself as the team's best option. He has won three consecutive practices, according to our daily tracker. Again, that's over at the Charlotte Observer. This is from Joe Person in The Athletic. Uh, It says, Baker Mayfield has established a firmer grip on the scheme, has looked a lot more comfortable uh, from the way he interacts with teammates to the way he carries himself on the field to the way he throws the football. The number one overall pick didn't look like he was overthinking things Monday. Mayfield was ripping throws and gaining separation from Sam Darnold in the much-scrutinized quarterback position. So, gentlemen, my my question to each and every one of you, is Matt Rule hurting the cohesion of the Panthers' offense by not just naming Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback? Like, continue to give him the first-team reps so that by the time the first game comes around, the preparedness from all of your offensive players is at the highest probable level that it could be. Am I wrong in saying that's a legitimate criticism of our coaches not calling this competition? And it was never a competition. I think we can all agree on that. But is it to the point now where it's hurting our preparedness for the start of the season? Yeah, I've I've been a... Uh... A proponent of that. I, now, how much I don't know, right? Uh, we, we've seen people be successful by not having any preseason, right? Um, so it's not out of the realm of possible for him to come out and still have some success. But in the middle of our offense, everybody on our offense le- learning a new offense under a new you know, under Ben McAdoo, and then having uh, having there be a quarterback battle on top of it and a battle on offensive line. There's a lot of lot of concern. Like it's great to have all these battles. I feel like right, but there's also a level of it that is going to make things a lot more difficult for us to get into our groove until maybe a few games into the season, right? Um, I and I'm not I'm not a football coach, right? I'm not a coach in the NFL, uh, a high school football coach, or anything like that. 
but it just feels like to me it makes a lot more sense to at least put somebody in that position and let them like until they've lost that that job don't make them move out of that position let let baker continue to take with the ones if he's the if he's the clear front runner let him be the front runner right until sam darnold does something to uh, you know to to uh, dethrone him from that position then let, let's just keep it going that way. And maybe even vice versa. If you really believed into this training camp, Sam Darnold was the one, let put Sam Darnold with the one and let Baker earn the one. Well, in my opinion, he did that. They put Sam Darnold with the ones at the very beginning. And, and I feel like Baker Mayfield has won that position. Put him in there. Let him, let him, let him do that. And let Sam Darnold chase him for a while. Look, I actually think that uh, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield being in this position they're in is actually way more beneficial to Baker Mayfield. He's had a different offensive coordinator every year he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this guy is smart and he knows how to pick things up. Listen, I don't care how complex NFL offenses get, offenses get, they're all relatively the same. They really are. They, they probably have about 50 plays that are almost the exact same thing, just named differently. And then about 10, 12 plays that are different than everybody else. They're all almost exactly the same, especially if you've been playing football your whole life. There's only so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Baker's been through this changing the entire time. And people say, well, uh, uh, Sam Darnold has an advantage. He's been there a year longer. Well, we have a new offensive coordinator. He has the same advantage Baker Mayfield does. Maybe a week more of talking to Ben McAdoo than, than Baker Mayfield, than uh, Sam Darnold does. Sam Darnold is a far superior quarterback to to or excuse me Baker Mayfield is a far superior quarterback to Baker to Sam Darnold. So in the end, when that comes down to it, Baker is going to come out on top. Like he is used to this kind of stuff. He is used to changing every single year. So people who say he has the advantage or Darnold has the advantage because he's been there, you're dead wrong. Like it's a different offense coordinator. It's a whole new system. And can we really say that Sam Darnold got our system last year? Can we really say that? Because I don't think he did. Like three games, maybe, but after that, he kind of fell apart. I don't think he has our system. Yeah, and you made the point that he's been around longer. He has more time with all the players on the team, and he's still lagging behind, dude. Like I was, I was not a supporter of Baker Mayfield, and I still have the idea that I want to see him prove something. Before I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to go a long way with Baker. I want to see it in a real game first, and I think that's fair considering what we've been through. But at the end of the day, I'm also not going to, you know, pee on your leg and tell you that it's raining, right? Between the two of them, between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield has pulled away. And this is not the last two days that beat reporters have been talking about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has been something that has been said for a long time now. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And I, I kind of feel like, I, you know, I almost wonder if the Panthers are just absolutely regretting that Sam Darnold trade. Like, it's easy oh, for are. us as fans to <laughs> say that they do. Yeah. But man, it really, really, really looks uh, like they're regretting it to the point that I'm actually going to I'm actually going to move to the next topic here because. Um, oh, actually, no, before we move on, I, I promised, uh, you know, I, I showed some Matt Corral footage. So I got to be fair <laughs> and give my man Baker some love because he deserves it, man. Like, he really has been out here balling. 
And, uh, yep. you know, it, it's time to show uh, what Baker's been looking like. This is just an example. Um, let me move this. And this has just been uh, today. Uh, but Baker has made a ton of plays like this. And by the way, the new uh, the new victory celebration for uh, DJ Moore—they're taking naps in the back of the end zone, bro. What? Did the audacity? Do you think he's going to get more than four touchdowns this year? Yes, yes, I do. I without so, question, I though I just feel like Ben McAdoo's offense is going to put him in a position to be a time red zone. <clears throat> yeah, man. I mean, like, it, look, he's definitely starting to look better, uh, you know, especially in the red zone. Like, that's one of the places where uh, I think, you know, the Panthers have been bad on offense and defense the past few years. Uh, but Baker has been accurate. Baker has been really good in the red zone. And today, I believe he had, like, you know, the two or three touchdowns in the red zone and, and was really looking good. Um, so, Can we talk yeah, about it, DJ Moore for a second as well? Yeah, sure. because like, look, like, look at the speed he had getting that corner on that, like getting the mm-hmm. edge on that on that defender. I don't know who that was uh, diving for him, mm-hmm. but also, has it not? Fe- I know he got his contract right, but he feels like he's playing with a lot more like energy, right? Just mm-hmm. based on what we've seen in training camp. Like before, he's always been that quiet guy. Like you know, I, I, it's it feels like he has been a guy. I- you know what I mean? With, with last year, with how he looked last year, man, it seemed like he was holding back. Okay, and there were quite a few times where I get it. You got to protect yourself. You got to protect your health. <laughs> that sort of deal. But it seemed like he wasn't. He wasn't leaving it all on the field. So, and I think with him getting paid in the off season, I think that's what kind of changed everything. He's like, all right, I'm getting paid now, so I'll give you guys everything. Did y'all see that when he fell down just now? Watch his throw. You can almost see him say it. And he's ready right here. He's, oh, thank goodness I have a quarterback to throw it to me. And later, that like Frankie Louvu. Thank oh, goodness I have a, a quarterback to throw him, it to me. Did we have him mic'd up there? Like, did he say, <laughs> thank God for Baker? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't I, doubt I, it. But no, Listen, we don't actually. He's have easy to. top five if he has a quarterback to throw it to him. We easy. do have to take this stuff with a grain of salt, too, right? We're in training camp. We're not taking reps against somebody who's game planned against this offense, knowing what Ben McAdoo's capable of, what Baker Mayfield's capable of, right? We're we're just we're literally getting two sides of the same coin. Um, the upper hand that the defense has had has been that this is an install that th- this has been the same defense, right? This is a new mm-hmm. offense, so I think uh, you're starting to see this offense hum and be a little bit more consistent. Uh, you'll have the days where defense wins and days where offense wins, but you know it's starting to feel like the offense is starting to click. Um, I, I, that's why I'm so, and I, I think John, you remedy this or you, you'll echo this sentiment here. Uh, Saturday is, is going to be a, just an incredible opportunity for us to see firsthand what these guys are able to do, um, against real live action, because, uh, I, I think that we're going to see, uh, we're going to have a lot of answers about what we're dealing with. Cause especially if we're playing it first against first, mm-hmm. right? We're going to see what this offense is able to do with Chase Young, with, I mean, with that, with that, you know, the Anders defense, right? Um, if they're able to hold things up, we'll know what we have there. If Icky's able to go in there and do anything against Chase Young, if he's playing on the right side, that is, um, or left side, technically. Um, I don't think we'll see Chase Young, but 
you know, they still got, you know, there's other guys on their ones like Montez Sweat. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember who their other uh, primary defensive end is. But, you know, I, the, the one thing I will say, to, uh, what you mentioned about practice, Cody, is like I wouldn't discount what we're seeing in camp. And the reason is because – and I know you're not, but like, you know, not trying to put too much stock into it. But like right. the reason is because of what we're seeing around the NFL, other stories that are going on. And, and this kind of cohesion – that you're seeing early transfers, right? Because, right. like, on Sunday, whatever you see doing practice during the, you know, week is how it's going to transition to Sunday. You're hearing about, like, guys like Mac Jones struggling mm-hmm. because Mac they Jones don't really have heavily, apparently. Yeah, and, and a lot of that is because they don't have, like, a solidified offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? And so, uh, uh, what's my guy, Trey Lance or whatever, uh, out in um, mm-hmm. San Francisco. Yeah, completion percentage. You know, like, he's not accurate with his passes and things like that. So, and those aren't problems that we're necessarily <laughs> seeing here, you know, uh, in Carolina. Right. And a lot of that is just predicated on McAdoo's offense as well, because it's a, it's such a, you know, get the ball out of your hands as quick as possible, you know, kind of offense. And when you have so many different playmakers, like you could see like a, a really, really big jump with not just because not for nothing, man, like Sam can sometimes get the ball out of his hand really quick. But I think the difference between a Sam and a Baker Mayfield is like, uh, I think it might have been John Ellis said this on Twitter today. He quoted Dante Jackson as saying something to the effect of, um, you know, Baker's a guy we really want to, you know, pick off because you just, you know, really want to rub it in his face because of how right. much trash he talks on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's infectious, man. Like, that is mm-hmm. super infectious. So uh, I just think that it could be a pretty quick turnaround, in my opinion. And I think what we're seeing out here is going to transition really well uh, to game day as well. Right. Well, Based on what you said right there, I read that article too, and you're right. Hearing Dante Jackson say that is fantastic to hear. I love having competition between offense and defense on the same team. That means you guys are fighting to be the best. Yes, That's what I want to see. Like I love that. I love Dante Jackson said that. I think that fight between uh, Cam Newton and uh, Josh Norman uh, in 15, that set the tone for the season. That set the tone for the entire season. Right. Right. I think think, 100%. And – like I am, I, I I think I'm ready to move on from our constant comparisons of Cam Newton. But um, I that that is one thing that I'll say about Baker Mayfield is he doesn't shy away from talking to that defense and making no. them feel like you know uh, like the, the the I don't know it just feels like it's when Baker Mayfield's if he's the quarterback it feels like this is a team mm-hmm. right Baker when it's Sam Darnold it feels like we're just uh, a a good defense trying to hold off you know, until our offense is able to do something. Cause that right? stuff matters, man. Like when you walk into, I mean, walk into any of your, I don't know about you guys, man, but I love being sold. I love being sold. I'll walk into a place sometimes and buy something, even when I didn't intend to, because I like being sold. Because right. what's the definition of a sale, the transfer of enthusiasm. If I got a guy that's out there, like giving me heck from the other side, even if he throws a pick, Baker's done throwing picks in camp so far. I mean, he's been picked a couple of times. He's had times where he's gone out and went one for, you know, four or whatever like that. But it never changes. Like, he's still keeping that enthusiasm, still keeping that energy and that, you know, Mm -hmm. that alpha mentality. And it it just – it changes things. It rubs off. Like, when you're down – like I mentioned in that game against – one of the games against Cincinnati. You know, Joe Burrow was talking about this on a podcast. Baker started out like 0 for 4 and an interception. Then he came out and went like 25 for 25 and four touchdowns. You know, like you don't do that when you have that Darnold kind of mentality. You do it when you have that. I'm going to go out here. Next rep, next rep, next rep. Don't worry about what happened before. Just keep going and moving forward. Agreed. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, like I said, I haven't been like Tim Baker all the way, but I like that he's looking good. I, I you know, especially if this is going to be our guy this year, I like that he's making strides. You know, I'm I'm still as excited forever about Matt Corral. That's my dude. But at the end of the day, Baker is the starter, and I do think that Matt Corral, I mean that Matt Rule rather, uh, is really kind of. You know, he thinks that he's making all these decisions in the name of competition. And, oh, we got to, you know, get the best player out there. But a lot of times you already know who the best player is. And now I think that he's just playing too many games. Yeah. And I really do think that it's hurting this football team. Um, hey, so, your boy, listen. Your boy G-Baby wilding in the chat, man. That's oh, listen. <laughs> Always. So, look. Yeah. Uh, Always. So, here's what we're going to do. We got one more uh, topic on the slide. And then we've got to get some cat calls, boys. We've got 20 different cat calls to get through. And that's just Damn. right now, man. So uh it's an hour at least. Yeah, so uh let, let's talk about this real quick. And then again, the calls will probably get on this. It was reported uh that the Carolina Panthers were shopping Sam Darnold. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. Is there even a market for Sam? No. It it feels as though uh, that the Panthers are just so desperate to offload this terrible move that they know is terrible, that continues to prove to be terrible, that they're just trying to move on from this. The problem is you're paying this man, what, $18.5 million? You're paying Sam more money than you are any other quarterback on your roster. At this point in time, why wouldn't you just want him to be a glorified backup? Like, I don't want his ass here because that's a shorter bridge to Matt Corral. So I would love for him to be gone. I would be so happy if we traded Sam Darnold out of here. But the fact of the matter is, what are you going to get for him? Like, realistically, who is going to trade Anything for Sam Darnold at this point in time. Like the Panthers have no options. Let's 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 be real about it. Let's look at the uh the Baker Mayfield trade, right? The Browns had no leverage, first and foremost, right? Uh as far as being able to get him out. They we they knew that there was the teams trading for Baker knew that the Browns were gonna either release him or trade him, right? So the, the leverage was not in the Browns' favor. But Baker was still like you know, even from a tape perspective, from a success perspective, from a leader's leadership perspective, he was head and shoulders above uh, Sam Darnold, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not legitimately because you know Baker Mayfield's a bit shorter, but uh, you know just from a talent and, uh, and 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 quality of, of of player in this league and just what he's been able to show, regardless of whether he was on a good team or not, he was able to do it, right? Um, so the fact that we we had basically got him for peanuts the way that we did doesn't bode well for our ability to get Sam Darnold off of our books, right? Agreed. I don't even know that we would be able to say, tell a team that will eat $12 million of his $17 million salary if you guys trade for him. And, you know, all we'll ask for is a seventh-round pick in return, right? Seventh-round pick, we'll eat $12 million, you eat $5 million, we get him off of our books for $5 million, uh, and he's not on the roster, Right. I think that would be a, a tough pill like for any team to even try to do that, right? Yeah. Because getting rid of a, a seventh round pick 
might not even be worth it, much less paying Sam Darnold the amount that they, they would end up paying him that year. Um, on top of that, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm of the mindset that this team is going to cut Sam Darnold, because, especially because mm-hmm. I don't think the market is going to be there. And you can't have your backup making that much more than your quarterback. Let's be real about it, right? Like, you can't have Sam Darnold out here making, you know, $5 million more than Baker Mayfield and him playing behind Baker Mayfield, right? It's just like... Unless Baker knows that's what he was coming into. If he knew that from the beginning, like he knew you're coming in, you're going to make less than this guy, beat him and take his money, that's the only way that works. And that's where I think we're at right now. Well, there's still a possibility that we could trade uh, Sam Darnold for a long snapper. No, <laughs> I don't even know if anybody do that. To be honest with you, I think we're gonna have to pay somebody to take Sam Donald. This is and the I, last yeah. place Sam Donald starts in the NFL. Right, I agree with that. But I do think that you know it might be the last place he starts. But I think he'll be a good. I, I, I think he'll be a. I, I'm, I'm saying good, relative, but a backup quarterback like that. That position is is not. I mean, because you don't want a guy in the locker room that's necessarily fighting for the starter's job. But right. I do think Sam has value of being able to help people get prepared. And that's basically all the backup quarterback. Backup, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that, and, and let's be real. I, I've got more of a vibe from Sam Donald of those who can't do teach. Right. And yes, so I, could I agree see, with that. I could see Sam Donald going post career with a, as a player and become a good coach and being a successful coach. But, I could see that happening, but, but I don't but, see him being the guy. CK, I, I get what you're saying there, but based off the fact that, like, I get it, people who can't do teach, but based off the fact that you couldn't even cut it even close as a quarterback, what makes anybody want to sign you to be a coach? What do you mean? Well, have, I mean you, have you seen uh, Sean McVay, or not Sean McVay, Jim Harbaugh? Have you seen, uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's, uh, who, J- Doug Peterson? Um, yeah. you know, I, mean, I get that, but what does that have to do with Baker Mayfield? Hey, you, like, you I'm, I'm, to, I'm, no, not I'm Baker, saying I'm Sam Darnold. I'm Sam Darnold. I'm, I'm saying, I'm sorry. I'm just saying if you're Sam Darnold and you if you're in if you're a starting quarterback and you rank 50th of 32 starting quarterbacks which there's not even 32 starting quarterbacks what makes a team want to sign you to embark that knowledge on somebody else to pass because that you're, knowledge you're along? the play the, your ability to play doesn't necessarily your knowledge may not translate to what your body is capable to do but like i know what your have... body's capable of he sees ghosts Right. Well, of Do course. You, I mean, like, on the field, of course, it doesn't mean he can't field. Field. It doesn't but, mean that he doesn't have. He speaks pretty intelligently. Mike Leach right? is an incredible college football coach. He never even played football. Okay, Matt Rule that, that makes sense. Yeah, Matt Rule was a walk-on linebacker who never really saw the light of day as a player, and he was able to, you know, do some incredible things in college as a coach. Now, is that translating the NFLs? We'll wait to see that. But you know, it's, it's yeah. from from that perspective, like it, just because that you know, or let's even go even further. Let's talk about Sean McVay. Let's talk about uh, some of these incredible coaches that you could probably say didn't even play at a high level in college, right? Uh, or never even played in college. Just you know, be, was a part of the game from an early age to where they were you know a part of that. So like, I don't and think you have nothing, to. Have, some of these Hall of Fame guys that get coaching jobs bomb out. Uh, yeah, Agreed. what's my man? Yeah. Mike Singletary with San Francisco, right? You know, horrible situation. And Jim Harbaugh about Ron turns Rivera. that team around. Yeah, Let's talk Ron about Ron Rivera. Rivera. He was he a was, backup to Mike Singletary. He was a backup, and he yeah. he was a better coach. He wasn't he wasn't the guy who was at the top of the list. He wasn't on the first on the depth chart. He's not going to be a Hall of Fame player. But listen, I mean, if you look at his accolades as a coach, he's he's very he's got a he's got a argument to eventually be in the Hall of Fame one day. And I get yeah. that. 
I'm just saying that when I look at me personally, when I look at things and I'm trying to think of who's a guy we can bring in here in here to make our quarterback team stronger. Sam Darnold's not a guy I think of, you know, like I could, just in I my mind, it's, it's not even a guy that I, I even consider, but I'm not at that level either. So, yeah, I could see him being a backup to a guy like Lamar. I mean, the thing is with Sam, he's, his legs are better than his arm is. That's so you point. would have to use him in an offense that's set up like that. And maybe the Ravens would be the best place for him. Well, and it's like Sam has – Sam's talented. Like, okay, Sam is probably physically one of the most talented rosters or quarterbacks on our roster. Like, if you take the brain part out of it and just take his arm, his build, his athleticism, like Sam Darnold has everything that you want to be a franchise quarterback, but he's missing that game bred energy. Like that right. dog, when the game is mm-hmm. on the line and pressure crumbles him, he does not turn into it. Like yes. pressure doesn't make diamonds when it comes to Sam Darnold. Right. right. And I think, and I think that's been true for a lot of guys, man. You're looking at guys right. like, uh, you know, uh, Trent Dilfer, uh, also the guy that was, that's on, um, uh, ESPN, Dan uh, the chat room was just talking about Dan Orlovsky. Mm-hmm. There's been a bunch of guys, that are you know they're better served as analysts or or, or what have you, Tim you know? Jenkins, of, our own Tim Jen- our a friend of the show Tim Jenkins yeah mm-hmm. Tim Jenkins and a lot of people are kind of mean to Sam and I, I've said it like this I'm sure Sam is a great guy I'm sure I would love to hang out with him and have a beer but dude just as a football player he's he's not it man and Greg kind of alluded to it earlier you might as well keep him because any other option means that you're going to be eating a whole lot of money, a, a whole lot of dead money for a player that ultimately isn't going to be on your roster. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're going to have to pay a part of that. Even if you trade him, you're going to pay a part of that, you know, dollar amount that you've already right. agreed to pay him. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the Panthers are just going to have to live with that mistake uh, that they have made. And they really don't have much of a choice about it. But ladies and gentlemen, I thought we were going to be able to do the cat calls tonight, let alone be able to do like what 20 or 21 that I've got on deck for us right now. So boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, ain't nothing to it, but to do it, let's take your cat calls and see what the C3 fan base has to say. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? I am were like a thing. And I don't even necessarily know about like maybe that's just cutting somebody and just buying them out the contract. Maybe that's just what that is. But you're gonna have to tell me if you can hear like I'm just sitting here thinking about our quarterback room and how there's there's like no benefit to really having Sam Darnold on the team this year. And there's I don't see any viable option of us getting rid of him because nobody's gonna no matter how well he plays in the preseason no matter how well he may play if um, Baker has to miss a couple of games, nobody's going to trade for, you know, one year or half a year of Sam Darnold. Like, like even – I don't even see, like, a contender 
who is in who gets their starting quarterback injured in like this emergency situation. Like I don't even see them trading for Sam Darnold because his contract's up at the end of the year. Like nobody's gonna do it. So I like in that in that same realm, I like like that this is like the big reason that like people like me and Cody didn't really want to trade for Baker. Well, speaking for myself, trading for Baker, the biggest thing wasn't even the fact that I don't necessarily think that Baker is a great quarterback. It's that there was no way to get Baker while also getting rid of Sam, while also making sure that Matt Corral was going to, you know, uh, get the looks that he needed to, to progress this year. Because it's like right. with Matt Corral coming out, like, with with, with him – you know, working as hard as we've seen him work in training camp, kind of just doing everything that you you want a rookie to do. I would not be surprised at all for Matt Corral to come out and look really good in the preseason against you know third string defenses. Like obviously he's gonna have his struggles with nicks and bruises, but he can look really really well. And like we're gonna we're gonna watch Matt Corral make these plays in the preseason potentially, and literally sit there and know that there's gonna be no chance that he's gonna play at all this year. Now, like, if, if Sam wasn't on the team and we had Baker, we we go into, like, the t- next year with, you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, a rookie quarterback who we have, you know, really high potential of. Baker Mayfield contracting after one year, you know, I don't expect Baker to play all 17 games. Then you would have Matt come in, get, like, real live game reps now. He's not going to get those reps over Sam Darnold now. They're not going to put Sam Darnold at third string, making him $18 million a year. So, I mean – but what do y'all think, man? Is, is there any kind of realm possibility that to where because the fans ain't gonna just eat that money to where we could possibly literally just have the the two quarterback room that we I think most fans want. Let me know what y'all think, man. Keep keep your foot out on a good time. Man. Hey, what's good, fellas? It's Corey calling in. Yeah, okay. listening to the. Wait, hold on, let me pause that. So, uh, appreciate you, Corey. Shout out to you, man. Uh, and yeah, I uh. Like we kind of just talked about that. They they're kind of saddled with Sam Darnold. Like there's really nothing else that they can do at this point. Like got even if you got even if you got yeah, you cut him and you're gonna eat the money and or gonna eat it anyway. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like that's why I said you might as well just keep him. Like for what purpose? You're, you're... Like if you don't if he's not the starter, right? right. What like PJ Walker has been a has been seen as a valuable backup for this team. He's won every game he's had to come in and start with, right? Now, has he been like a a, a a world beater? No. But what value does keeping Sam Darnold on this roster bring? You're already going to eat the $17, 18000000 million regardless. What benefit do we get as an organization keeping him other than having him as a distraction on the, in, oh, okay. in, in the as the second string? So can I tell you why? And this is from the Panthers' perspective. As a fan, CK, I could not agree with you more. Like, get them out the door, man, because like I said, that's a shorter bridge to Matt Corral. So ultimately, I agree with you. But I guarantee you the Panthers are looking at it this way. We know that they do not want to start Matt Corral. They want him to have a red shirt year. They want him to be able to sit and learn all the things that is required to be a quarterback. And I don't think they want to thrust P.J. Walker in there either. Sam Darnold may not be showing the same type of promise as Baker Mayfield, but let's be real. Sam Darnold probably does have the talent level of a backup quarterback. And by the way, right. the Panthers went 3-0 and last season with Sam Darnold under center. So to assume that you can't win some games with Sam Darnold, like we, we know that that isn't true. You can win some games with Sam Darnold. So it's just because of the money. 
and they don't want Matt Corral to even have to fear playing any kind of football this year. I think I, here's the thing. I don't, I, I don't believe that it's the money is a factor and don't get me wrong. I believe that, but I believe the team, at least from the perspective of when you look around the league, the league is not shy about the fact that they don't want a guy that's the backup that has been that, that has potential to cause any type of dissension in the ranks. Right. We've already seen it happen with Robbie Anderson once. Right. So we, do we really want to have this, like Sam Darnold, like you've got to imagine right now in that offense, there are players that believe Sam Darnold is better than Baker Mayfield, right? Even though, because they have a relationship with, with Sam Darnold, they've been with Sam Darnold for a year. Like even let's like, let's be real about it. Robbie Anderson was literally on Twitter saying, please don't bring Baker here. And he said it was in defense of his quarterback. Right. And Mm -hmm. so now here's the thing. My reason for bringing that up, is you keep Sam Darnold in this roster and you keep Baker Mayfield, you are bound to have some dissension in loyalties, right? That's a distraction, right? It's that's my personal opinion is get him out of the building. If you're, if you're not going to be putting him as the starter in this league, in this, on this team, if you can't find a trade partner, cut him. You're already eating the $17 million. PJ Walker has been a a good quarterback that's a backup. He's not a distraction, and it still allows Matt Corral to have that red shirt year. I completely I agree. That- I completely and here's why I agree with you hundred percent is because <clears throat> if we had a coaching staff that we knew could handle that kind of personality conflict, then I wouldn't be opposed to keeping him on the team. Because we saw that whenever Alex Smith got hurt, Colin Kaepernick comes in and takes over. And then the weird optics of seeing a a healthy Alex Smith on the sidelines who just took you to an NFC championship a year prior, mind you, on the sideline with his helmet on the whole time instead of with a hat on or, or, you know, uh, an earpiece helping out Colin Kaepernick as a starting quarterback. But the difference is, is that they have a Jim Harbaugh and we have Matt Rule. So I don't think that they have the kind of infrastructure in place to be able to handle that kind of potential conflict. Now, I think Sam's a little bit different of a guy like he'll probably just play the role that he's given in a lot of ways, but I'm like you, Cody. I just think it's a lot of, it'll just be a lot of distraction, an unneeded distraction on top of that. And it takes away the out for Matt Rule. It's like, yeah. if you start seeing Baker Mayfield struggle, you don't want Matt Rule to have an out to say like, you know what, Baker Mayfield went, you know, 0 for 5 through a pick, we go into halftime, because you don't know what this guy's going to do in the second half of a game, but you don't want to give him the out to come out and then start Sam Darnold right after that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I- I'm with you, get him out the building. Yeah. CK, I had one question right there when you brought up that Robbie Anderson comment about how he's behind Sam Darnold. Is this the same Robbie Anderson that as soon as Cam Newton got signed last year was behind Cam Newton and said, fuck Sam Darnold? Because if so, then I don't trust anything he says. Or the same Robbie Anderson that was on a podcast saying that the best year that he had in his career of learning how to be a pro was with Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. So can you really take this guy's word? Like, I mean, I I think he's just saying whatever's popular at the time to be the, the, the guy that everybody likes. I mean, you can you can have that mindset, but you also could keep in mind there's probably some reality behind Sam Darnold has some some relationships with this uh, this offense that's already been here for you know the year that he was here, and Baker Mayfield just came in here a few weeks ago, right? There's going to be loyalties that lie with Sam Darnold, and it, let's be real about the other aspect of this: Sam Darnold, if he loses the starting job to Baker Mayfield, that's a much more awkward situation in the quarterback room as well, right? Not just for Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, but 
now this uh, power struggle that Matt Matt Corral is going to have to sit here and watch. Like, it's not going to be like. Do you think Sam Darnold's going to want to help Matt Corral after he just lost his uh his his starting position to Baker Mayfield? No. Like, I mean, there's there's no value that comes to Matt Corral by keeping Sam Darnold here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Nick Nick has to leave us. Nick, you know I appreciate you hanging out with us, bro. Uh, Rare for you to be with us on the Tuesday show, so that's always a nice surprise, man. Uh, uh, what was anything uh, you got left for the show before you uh, before you bounce out? Well, first off, can't wait to get, hop on on Friday again, man. You know, it's always it's good hurt. seeing you guys, and uh, preseason's right around the corner. And next week, I am going to the joint practice up here in New England, so. I'm going to try to ask any questions I can of any of the players that come around. If they do, if you guys have anything that you want me to ask, just let me know. I'll be on the show on Friday. But until then, guys, keep pounding. See you soon. Good to keep see you, brother. pounding, man. Much love to our brother, Nick Montiero. You know we love that dude. He's the coolest. Um, but, yeah, man, look, we have a ton of, voice, uh, of voicemails, and we still got more coming in. So let's just uh, – Let's continue to power through these phone calls. And that didn't do anything. So next one. <laughs> hey, fellas. Uh, Baby Rhino uh, here uh, Tuesday. Give you guys a call because uh, i got something on my mind. Um, the more I think about this, the more it's kind of a thorn in my mind. Um, Sam Noddle does not need to be on this team. And as rumor has it, they're shopping around his contract. No, no, nobody wants him, and nobody wants to pick him up. But the more he's on this team, the more it's like doing damage to our quarterback room. Um, you know, they say Baker's kind of running away with the competition or, you know, just is looking better than Sam. But I just I just don't see the point. I, I don't see the point of him being there, uh, especially to be number two. Um, I really do think that Matt Corral, for his development, I think he needs – Stand to be gone. So I didn't know what you, thought, you guys thought about that. I, I mean, I'm all game. At this point, he's guaranteed the money. I, at this point, I'm game for them paying him the man and just getting rid of him. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to pick up his contract. Um, so I was just thinking about, you know, what your what your thoughts are on that. All right, boys. Uh, everybody hit that like and subscribe button, and uh, thanks for all you guys do. Keep pounding. Oh, yeah. Hey, fellows. Yeah, uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you so much for the call. Yeah, we've kind of answered that. I think we just spent the last 30 minutes talking about it. Hey, but do what my man said. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Shout out to Baby Rhino. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah. If we get any, if we get any repeat calls of like topics we've done, we'll, we'll just probably move. Move, move. Yeah, we're probably gonna move on a little bit. Like I said, I just added two more calls we're at like 20 something calls right now, let me so. let me say this real quick before we start having uh we get too far into this uh ladies and gentlemen obviously we've been joined tonight by one carolina he also has his own That's content right. that he puts up uh he just got back into it so you guys do me a favor go show him some love on his channel hit that subscribe on his show Thank uh you. and tune in when he's live he'll he'll have some vods he's he's uh very knowledgeable about the squad but uh, uh john tell him uh, where they can find you real quick yes before sir we start losing people Twitter, Instagram, and obviously YouTube, uh, One Carolina, spelled out O-N-E, Carolina. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, you know we love John. He's an honorary C3 member at this point, man. Yeah. <laughs> People in the chat room love him, man. It's I a great time it. every single time. It's always we an honor, do it. yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, 
right, let me uh keep track of where we're at. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? G Cavarca, man. What's hey, up, I'm G? liking what I'm seeing from training camp, man. I really am. The only thing that pissed me the fuck off, y'all. Why? What the fuck is wrong with Matt Rule? Dude scored a dag on touchdown. He made the fucking team run laps. What the fuck is this high school, man? Oh, oh here, we do man. need to talk about and this. I'm gonna say it now. Baker's gonna be the damn motherfucking uh, the fucking uh, quarterback, man. We wasting time with damn Sam Donald, man. Because rumor rumor is they're trying to trade him, but nobody's gonna take on that fifth year option. We all know that shit. Everybody know that shit, man. So uh, give me your yeah. takes on that shit. And oh yeah, and Shaw Smith is showing me something, man. He is showing me something. Keep pounding. Podcast yeah, brother, Shaw Smith been getting busy. Oh yeah, man. Shaw Smith has been doing his thing. I'm happy to see that, man, because he really uh he's been injured a lot. Matt Rule mentioned that in his press conference. He's been. Mm-hmm. He's been hurt, so I'm happy to see him finally coming around. And uh, real quick to Rook06113 uh, with the $10 love bomb, man. I appreciate you so much. He says, my inaugural super chat as a new Panthers fan following Baker from Oklahoma to Cleveland to Carolina. Hey. Question, are the Panthers North Carolina or South Carolina? Both. Hey, baby, we're both. We're both, both. man. One Two Carolina state. as uh, John's. Uh, yeah, man. That's right. That's right. You know, I named my channel that because, I mean, obviously that's a saying, you know, around here like crazy, but I'm from originally Asheville, North Carolina, but I currently live in Greer, South Carolina. So it's one. one yeah, Carolina, one. Man. But yeah. here, isn't that another reason that we should be excited about Baker Mayfield? Right. How many oh, times yeah. have we had a USC fan come in here saying, like, I'm following Sam Darnold from the Jets to the Panthers? Never. Never, right. dude. How many times have we had that with Baker already? Like, oh, that dude. just tells you exactly what type of quarterback Baker Look, is. Man, uh, so, not even just the Browns fans, but like Oklahoma Sooner fans. That's what I mean. Yeah. They go hard, dude. They mm-hmm. they have been hard in the chat. Yeah. Uh, and they're showing love. And look, man, we welcome everyone here. If you're a Browns fan, if you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan, and you're just looking to follow Baker Mayfield's career, this is where you want to be, man, because we're going to talk about all the ins and outs of Baker's performances. We're going to be doing the post-game show this year right after every single game. Uh, A lot of Baker's fans are waiting to show me up, you know, and uh, show me how wrong I've been about Baker Mayfield this entire offseason. And, and again, I I like the dude. I just want to see some results. That's all I'm saying. I don't think that's even too much to ask. No, Um, it's not. Um, And I'll say this much. uh, for, for the super chat and, and anybody who's willing to donate, we always appreciate that. Uh, but you don't have to, as you can see, we constantly cycle all that stuff out. But if you guys want to support the show, feel free. We do have some stuff coming down the pipeline when the beginning of the season happens, uh, you know, that uh, will offer uh, a lot more incentives to, to support the channel in a, in a less, uh, less, uh, you know, demanding oh, yeah. way we, than super chats, but yeah, just be on the lookout for that stuff. But we do appreciate you guys. If you're willing to support the channel in that way. Very much. We, yes. We, thank you. We've got some irons in the fire. We're doing some big things over here at C3. Like I said, donations are never required, but they're always appreciated. And all that money goes back in to building this channel up and being a premier destination for Panther fans to come and chill and hang out. And one of the biggest areas of pride for me, at least, when it comes to this podcast is fans of other teams that stick around even after they're done playing us. Like, they just like to come and hang out here for the vibes. 
I appreciate y'all too, man. That's for damn mm-hmm. sure. Definitely appreciate y'all. Uh, let's jump in. Oh, no, before we go on, uh, let's talk about Matt Rule uh, making – what did he do? He made the offense run laps after yeah, because... reaching across the goal. So our offense, to provide some context, uh, we, we scored a touchdown. It was a big-time offensive play. Everyone was freaking out. And then Matt Rule freaked out on the offense because they were reaching the ball over the goal line, and that's something you shouldn't do. Granted, in the NFL, if you do fumble the ball through the goal line, that's a touchback, and the other team gets the ball. Noted. But, like, during training camp, when your offense is finding a rhythm, like, it just seems embarrassing. And then other beat reporters and uh, from other teams – and other publications started talking about this is the guy who's never won anything and just talking about celebrating too much. It really kind of picked up a lot of traction that I didn't expect it to. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think of that? Is this Matt Rule it's doing nothing. too much, or do you like the fact that he's trying to um, teach that discipline to our offense early on? I, I hate the fact that it became uh, something that was thrown out of context so quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody jumped onto this and they were thinking it was like um, like he was just reaching the ball across. Like they thought it was because he celebrated too hard. And we're like, we're not a team that celebrates. Right. Uh, we're not a team that reaches the ball across the goal line. I did want to say something about that. Like that was a very stupid question because like it makes me want to think like because we're not scoring touchdowns. Is that what you mean? Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, that, is that why we're not like, do you mean like we're not because we can't or philosophically we're not anyway. But this, like, it, it, and John talked about this earlier. And for those new to the chat, basically, uh, last year there was a scenario where the same player, um, what was his name? Last name again? I can't remember. Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins. Yeah. He did. He was reaching across the goal line and he fumbled, uh, and and that was decidedly a very impactful play that changed the tide of the game in a playoff right? game. In, in a playoff game, right? Not not with us, right? But it was it was a big deal. Um, and so when that happened, it, it basically, last, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, the, the Browns right on the, on the Browns, yeah. uh, uh when, uh, it was Baker and, and, and he, him and, uh, on the, on that squad, mm-hmm. um, basically, uh, and, and he fumbled in, and that basically changed the tide. That could have been another win for the, the Browns to propel them into the potentially the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's, that's the context behind it. It was, he was reaching the ball across the, the, the goal line to try to get the touchdown, um, putting that extra effort in. I think we all would probably say that's not a bad thing, but uh, from the context of what Matt Rule wants, he wants us to have ball security. That's something we didn't have last year. We had way too many turnovers, mm-hmm. and the idea of making the ball, uh, putting that, the ball in a position, we would much rather have the ball on the one-yard line um, and potentially yep. get a score that way then have a turnover on the one yard line. Um, that is a touchback for them to be able to now have even like work. Like, so if it's the fourth down, reach the ball across the line, try mm-hmm. to do that. Right. And that's where the, you know, a lot of people are saying there's a discrepancy between what, uh, what um, was it? Tommy Trimble or, or uh, Ian Thomas did. I can't remember who it was that was trying to reach the ball. It across was Tommy the Trimble, but that's, it's, it's situational. It's, it's, it's a completely exactly. different situation. It was fourth exactly. down when mm-hmm. Tommy Trimble, they were simulating a fourth down. You want to reach the ball yeah. over the goal line because guess what? Even if you do fumble, they get the ball on the 20. He didn't get in the end right. zone, so they get the ball on the five. So, yeah. like, in that situation, you want to do it. I just think that a lot of times, like, what anything that rule does is going to get taken and, you know, 
chewed up in the media and stuff like that True. because you're right Agreed. he hasn't won anything if he was a winning football coach this would be a non-story like from yeah. a media perspective even on twitter right. it'd have been a non-story yeah if this was and- tomlin or pete carroll or belichick mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be talked about and it, it, it's definitely amplified that it is matt rule uh and i think legacy land she makes a great point here uh rule forgets is not dealing with college kids Exactly. Has to learn to treat them like grown men mm-hmm. and communicate with them. And I do think he's tried to get better at this. But again, it's a lot of these college tendencies that kind of bleed over into it that just kind of leaves everybody scratching their head. The but bottom. I mean, you gotta, you, oh, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, Daddy. No, you're good. I was going to say the bottom line is I want a guy stretching for that touchdown. Period. I'm not going to tell a guy. Don't do this because you might fumble. Well, then don't drive because you might wreck, to be truly honest with you. But every effort, every play I have, I'm putting forth the full most effort to make a touchdown, to make the best play I can. If that fum- if, if it causes a turnover, it causes a turnover. It's a chance you take. But let's be clear. the It's not a turnover if the ball crosses the plane. So if you're extending out, and just the tip of the nose crosses the plane. It doesn't matter if you fumble or not. Right. It's the ball point. has to fumble. So, across. so yeah, you have to fumble before you have to lose control before yeah. you cross the plane. Okay. So I'm telling my guy every time, especially from a guy who's never won anything. Don't talk to me about winning. I am stretching my arm out to try to score that touchdown. Period. I can, if I, can I fumble, I fumble, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to score the touchdown. Right. 95% of the time, worst case scenario is, you're on the one yard line. Like, like you, you yep. rarely see a fumble at the one yard line because somebody's right. trying to stretch it out. Yep. So uh, statistics say, well, no, you can, you can probably call out five or six times. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. You probably can easily, but I could probably go back and look at film and show you a thousand times. It didn't happen. Yeah. So that that's the difference. I'm always taking the, the, the better statistical chance, but to the point, I'm trying to, to win your, games to your point, I do agree with you. Like, I I think that, you know, the right thing to do, the football player in me says, reach your arm over the goal line. The coach in Matt Rule, who, like we said, you said you've seen it a thousand times. Well, Teddy Bridgewater in Green Bay, that was under Matt Rule's watch. Rashard Higgins now in Carolina with a player that did it in a a divisional champion or a divisional game that could have decided that game. It happened to that guy. Now he's on our team. So I guess – it is situational because he wouldn't do that to Cam Newton. Right. But why? Because Cam Newton doesn't fumble at the goal line. Cam yeah, Newton's yeah. got humongous arms. There you go. Humongous hands. So, you know, he's got a better grip on the ball. But you know, Richard Higgins vision. has done it. So, and he's like, done it. And look, this is a crazy point. thing. Yeah. It's not the first time. Like, this is not the first time that he's done that. That's yeah, what's okay. interesting. So, if it's yeah. habitual like that, I can totally understand. You're right. Yeah. If, if you show a, a habit of doing this, yeah, I get that. That make, That's a good point. But so, uh, for the most part, I just feel yeah. like go for it. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so. Uh, again, another $10 love bomb from Rook. He says, disagree all you want, but hear me out. Maybe more college coach minded will do better with Mayfield. Seems like that type of guy to me. And by the way, Baker Mayfield has been very glowing about uh, Matt Rule, even saying that yeah. he's finally happy that he's with an offensive mind. So, I mean, okay, man. You know, I do. I, I I like that. I like that everybody's on the same page. I don't know how much I believe it, but we'll see, man. We'll see. There's a there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts. Right. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. But uh, let's get some of these cat calls though. 
Hey, fellas, it's Jason calling from Colorado, Mile High Panther on the Discord. It's been a long time since I've called in. Um, You know, last time I called, we were talking, you know, I brought up Deshaun Watson, and I felt like after hearing everyone's position last week on the podcast, I I felt like the timing was right, you know, Um, because I think that moving forward, we both kind of, you know, hearing everyone talk about uh, last week, Tony said that, Deshaun was kind of like a, a shameful thing to be a part of. And so I think that in that regard, you kind of see where I was coming from. But I also um, kind of was able to grow as a fan and that I'm able to separate uh, the ownership's views from the organization. And I've been able to kind of understand how the ownership, who are all just a bunch of billionaires, they're going to, you know, to expect them to act you know, morally and um, with above reproach is kind of unrealistic. Um, and so I'm able to separate that from what I'm reporting yeah. with my uh, support as a fan. So um, I think that we both kind of come to understand each other's uh, perspective there. So I just wanted to, you know, get back in the calls and, uh, you know, I'm really excited for this season. Um, I think Frankie Lulu has potential to become an all pro. I think that an accurate comparison has been Demario Davis. So, um, I think I'm running out of time. So, anyways, keep pounding, y'all. It's good to be back. Uh, I, I hope you all. I love what y'all are doing with the podcast and uh, the short form stuff and the beat check and all that. So, um, keep it up, guys. Keep pounding. Oh yeah. Hey, fellas, it's Jason Collins. Appreciate you. CK, go ahead, man. Yeah. No. I Very listen. I I, I had uh, I had uh, spoken to that you know not too long ago, um, you know, and actually cited some of the Milehead Panther stuff. Like, you know, we we all should be a bit. Uh, you know, if you have anything that's a problem with uh, with the w- what Deshaun Watson's done, what the league has done, or you know any potential punishment only being six, you know six games, if you think it should, should have been worse, right? Just keep in mind our team was fighting for him, right, and and was willing to give a pay a hefty price for him, right? Uh, and so there's only so much you can like sit here and look at the Browns and say how much of a joke that organization is. You can try that all you want. Right. But we were in that race just along with them. Right. So you can't you can't put that. So and I think that's where Mile High is talking about. You know, we're all kind of coming around to that mindset. Like we feel like we've dodged a bullet. We feel like this is that would have been talk about a distraction. This Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield stuff is a drop in the bucket compared to what the Cleveland Browns are having to deal with right now. Between Kareem Hunt asking for a trade to the whole Deshaun Watson debacle happening like this, that I, it's it's going to be tough to be a player on that squad right, for for probably the next year and a half, mm-hmm. to two years. Um, but uh, but that's that's my mindset when it comes to it. I I agree with what Mile like it was, and in that moment, I didn't necessarily understand. I respected what Mile Hub Mile. For those who didn't know, I'll, I'll kind of put some context into it. Basically, we were it was in the height of the Deshaun Watson race, right, and. There were a lot of people in the fan base that did not like the idea for Deshaun. Um, and got him. You know, we were talking. It was. It was. There was a lot of discussion about whether they should have gotten him and all that stuff. And 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 there was a point that was made that mile high. I respected his decision. He said he was no longer going to you know uh, support the Panthers because there was uh, there was clearly a disconnect between their morals and his. Um, and so he, he made that decision and I respected that in that moment, because I think that that's something that is hard to do when you're talking about a, a team that you've supported for so long, but, uh, and he's come back to it because we have moved on. And I think he's, he's realized that even this organization probably feels like they've dodged a bullet. 
Um, and uh, and so that's where that context context comes from from that phone call. Yeah. And, uh, hey, real quick, I saved this comment, and just because I thought it was real cool, shout out to Daniel Castro. He's been listening while working in a crane forty feet up, nice. or he says forty nice. feet up. I, I don't know if it's a crane. A lift, yeah. That that's pretty damn cool. He says I think it's fine for Sham to stay. He's not a big personality, or even bitter. He should be ready if Baker goes down. And that's really kind of what a lot of people think about that too. But um, yeah, uh, let's continue with the calls. And uh, I, uh, if I play, if I end up playing a call over, over again, just tell me. Yeah. A3 Paisans, how you doing? Muscles Marinara here. Might remember What's some of and there occasionally when I can be. I really don't got a lot to say, but yeah, I just want to voice an opinion right now. I've been to a few training camps. I got a restaurant down here in Spartanburg, so kind of easy for me to get over there. Hey. I don't know what the fuck this Baker Mayfield thing is going to play out to be, but I do know one thing. I'd rather get punched in the fucking yam bags repeatedly by Mike Tyson <laughs> than watch Sam Darnold take another fucking snap in a panty uniform. Right? That shit was painful last year. Boys. <laughs> right? We all, oh, we all remember the Jimmy Clausen era, right? Mm, it was kind of similar to that, but not really, but almost. Oh, I broke yeah. two TVs last season, technically. Not really. I threw dog toys at the TV. It didn't break it, but still, you get my fucking point. I don't know. <laughs> he said I, I, I get it. We owe him a lot of money, but fuck. It, I don't know if it's the dude's face, his stupid fucking haircut. I don't know. I don't know where it is. It's, it's just painful. <laughs> fucking shit. Anyway, boys, you stay saucy. I'll catch you later. <laughs> First, can I? Can I? C three. You don't have to put this in the chat if you're not comfortable, because obviously we all like the anonymity of the internet. Especially with uh, with what was it, muscles marinara? Yeah, uh, we know that guy. I, yeah. mu- I, I know him on Twitter. He's in the chat. Yeah, that's muscles. Shout out muscles. Yeah. So first, uh, I would like to know the name of your restaurant because I plan on going to Spartanburg next year. Also, you must be very happy that this whole headquarters thing fell through because it's going to probably guarantee that at least for two weeks out of the year, you're going to have a lot more, uh, you know, business down that direction. Uh, for at least the coming future until we find out what they're going to be doing, because otherwise, if they had built that headquarters, it might have been a bit tough. But uh, I would like to be able to come down there uh, if uh, if uh, and, and check out the restaurant uh, next year, if uh, you're willing to uh, maybe even DM us and tell us what that restaurant name yeah, is. Yeah, definitely. Hey, well, I mean, Dude, I'll come no, sooner than that. I live in Greer, bro. I'll come, yeah. I'll come check you out very soon. No, Muscles is in the chat room. Mus, uh, Muscles, drop the name of your uh, uh, shop. We have a bunch of people already. Monster Subs. Ooh, it says okay. Mon- Mon- Monster Subs in Spartanburg. Y'all go check out my man Muscles Marinara. Uh, appreciate the call, brother. And yeah, you're right, dude. No one's trying to see Sam Darnold do shit for the Carolina Panthers, man. We're trying to move on, uh, and it's hard to do so when, um, you know. Also, we want to see oh, Matt Corral. Yeah, I've heard of this restaurant. Yeah, I know exactly where this is. They got a super, super good um, uh, rating on Google too. Oh, yeah. Check out oh, yeah. oh yeah, I'm coming to, I might grub up you tomorrow, dog. There you go. Yo, shit, <laughs> Muscles, you might need to sponsor us, bro. Shit, what's up? I might need to sponsor. <laughs> well, my, I was thinking like, uh, you know, uh, I was going to look it up and everything before I said it online. But with those uh, reviews, I'm sitting there thinking like we 
try to plan something as far as like a meetup for next year's uh training camp or something for that c3 would be faithful dope, man that would be incredibly dope. and that'd be good for his business too if muscles for it but two days you know we're at the thing tailgate party there you go no, oh man, shit uh, you're right well he's gonna be having to drive a while for that food two you know? days and it's on yeah. like two days two days notice for sure that's true but, yeah yeah true. man we're gonna uh maybe uh we'll uh bust down and uh and Spartanburg and uh, go to Monster Subs and uh, eat some good ass food. Um, let's uh, let's go to the next phone call again. If I play it over, I hey, yeah, uh, this is Panther Pickle. Um, Panther first Pickle. of all, I want to say I don't trust Matt Rule, but I do trust James Campbell. So I and I thoroughly believe, thoroughly believe. That Matt Rule's getting all his information about the offensive line and maybe other positions strictly from the position coaches. Mm. So if ah, James Campton yeah. says Icky's ready to start at left tackle, he'll start. If he says he's not, then I don't want to start him. Because mm. the last thing we need is Icky to give up a sack or a couple sacks to Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield gets carried off the field and mm. out for several weeks or longer. And we got Sam slamming Donald as our starting quarterback. So Icky shouldn't start till he's ready. Um, also, I want to throw this out there. Folks, if you need to know how you can watch the preseason games, Check out NFL Plus on NFL.com. You, if you can get it for $5 a month, they've got per year plans or monthly plans, and they start out at $5 a month. Okay, that's cheaper than a Happy Meal at McDonald's. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. Hey, yeah. Dude, that uh, NFL Plus is, is so irritating, dude. Um, uh, I, that NFL Plus is like irritating to me because I'm ready for them to go ahead and just pull the cord on this uh, NFL Sunday ticket bullshit that's been going on on DirecTV for the longest time. I haven't I haven't had DirecTV and I can't like in in a years right. And I live in Roanoke, Virginia. For those not familiar, that's just about an hour away from Greensboro, and that means I'm about thirty to forty minutes away from camp, actually having the Panthers football as opposed to the the Commanders football. Um, unfortunately. I'm in the commander commander side of the uh, of that broadcast uh, oh, map no. that you see, so I don't have the Panthers on my schedule, right? And mm. so I, when I saw that NFL Plus come across my screen, I'm like, let me go check this shit out. I think it's gonna be happening. No, it's just showing you your local television. That's yeah. it. Like that's so irritating to me. <clears throat> and and uh, so I'm ready for that. That and I think it it goes up at the end of this year, and I think it's next year that Directv no longer has NFL Sunday ticket, and there will be an open bid. Uh, it's actually a, Apple, I think, already won that bid. Did they win it? I know that they there did, was a, sure. the amount of money that they it was between them and I think uh, Amazon. Apple. No, I thought I thought another player was in it too. Amazon is Thursday. Is, yeah, because yeah. I thought Bezos is like dropping a ton of cash. Yeah, to I'm sorry, NFL's. NFL deals like uh, I thought Amazon was the big. It wasn't really confirmed that Apple is the. I like, heard that today, but I don't know. I don't know how valid that is. I know that they've been like they've been 
linked to the idea of buying or trying to get it for Apple well, Plus Apple or Apple does, TV. Uh, MLB, they do baseball now too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a market that I think has been largely untapped, and I think that they're realizing that the 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 Directv Sunday to NFL Sunday ticket has been losing Directv so much money that it's not going to lose streamers because like the, you don't have to sit there and pay for the bullshit the 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 scam that is Directv by the way anyway um, yeah, yeah, yeah you know it's it's if you guys have never had I used to work for Wells Fargo and I can tell you more often than not. Uh, DirecTV was the reason for people's accounts going overdrawn because of bullshit that has not like that. It should never have happened than anything that than any other other you know company that on the face of the planet. I will wow. never have DirecTV, um, and that's put me at a disadvantage. And and this NFL Sunday ticket, I'm hoping it puts them out of business because at this point in time, I'm over it. And I'm sorry for anybody who's maybe a w- employee of DirecTV in the chat. Uh, I, I don't intend for you to be homeless. Well, they probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if we're well, never mind. <laughs> uh, I won't go. Uh, so look, we'll do. Uh, we'll, let, let's do two more calls. Then we'll finish out the rest of our slideshow, and then we'll finish out the rest of the calls that we have after that. E three, what's up, my boys? Oh, what's no, up, what's man? Up? No, no, what's so good, bro? I'm ready for that. I really want to go, but I can't be able to go because um, school, not school, but um. Open house, have open house that day, but hmm. um, yeah, um, I think the Carolina Panthers are kind of doing a stupid move with Sam Donald and um, Baker Mayfield was splitting the reps. I think that you know, Baker Mayfield should get most of the reps in, wow. and I think he is going to be the Carolina Panthers QB. Um, I think that Sam Donald is going to be a bitch warmer. Just gonna warm the bench up for them, and you know, and I think after that, I think Matt Corral can come in and take the job, you know, because Matt Corral has a lot of potential, and he is our quarterback, and he's my quarterback, you know. So, um, yeah, I think they're doing a kind of stupid job with that. I'm Tell him, Noah. Everything looks amazing, you know. Baker and um, Donald did have some interceptions. They both had interceptions, you know. That's a quarterback, you know. They're not going to always throw the ball, right? But I think that Baker has more flaws in the, um, with the O-line. I think he, they have, he may have way more flaws. And, um, Icky Aquanu, um, I don't know if I touched on this the last time, but I know, um, I think that Brady Christensen may be the starter. Why well, I say that is because, you know, I heard um, I was listening to what Matt um Matt Rule um what's the name press conferences and he was talking about how it, he has like a lot of talent but he has like um he don't have I forget the name of it but um formation he he don't have a good formation and you know I was just saying why wow, I think he is going to um you know play, especially in the preseason. And I think he do call the 13th against the Washington Commanders. I can't wait for that game. But yeah, keep counting. Noah's out. Peace. Let's go. Three. What's up, my boys? Um, you know. Keep pounding. Appreciate you, Noah. And yeah, man, look. dude, Dude, I'm telling you, man, this is younger generation of Panther fans. They know what's up, man. 
they really know one is shout out Matt Corral. He's already on the mm-hmm. Matt Corral train. I like that. Uh, and then yeah, he said the Baker or that Brady Christensen might end up being the left tackle, man. Yeah. You know what? I tend to agree with you, man. I uh you know, I, I think it could very easily move that direction. I will be very upset that if <clears throat> me getting my wish of Brady Christensen playing a left tackle comes at the expense of a Kevin Quantity in the oh. field this year, dude, oh. that would really make me upset. I'm talking very upset. You um, mean you mean Icky doesn't play at all because of that? Yeah, that like it seems as though the fact that they haven't given Kim any reps at left guard, like if anyone's going to be switching position, it's Christensen. Because they've had a few reps of Icky at left tackle and Christensen at guard. Mm-hmm. They never do it the other way around. So if their only view is that Kim Kwanu can only be the left tackle, well, then it's either him or Christensen. I'm, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that at the left tackle position, Christensen might be a little bit ahead of them. Go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, I don't care if the Panthers go 11-6 and six this year without Icky starting. If he does not start or does not play on the field this year, then Matt Rule needs to be fired at 11-6. and six. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. seriously. Fired at eleven and six. I'm sorry, dude. If you went eleven and six without him starting, you could have gone thirteen and four with him starting. Yeah. Like, there's no way you you don't start your number six pick. Was it? There's no way. Like, you're an idiot if you don't. I like and, I, and like I said, it's it, it, if you. I, I can't remember. It might have been John Ellis or, or somebody who had spoken with a scout for like another team, and they feel like this organization is being like he, they don't understand. They're so confused by the way that Matt rules running things, mm-hmm. right? The idea that a number six draft pick has to just has to earn a starting spot, right? He earned the starting spot by being good enough to be yes. a number six draft pick Thank in you. the NFL draft. Yes. The most elite players coming out of college. He was number six off the draft board. Number yes. one left tackle in the entire NFL uh, or in the NFL draft, right? On many people's draft boards, he was the top ta- tackle. At the end of the day, if he isn't worthy of a starting position, then you need to reevaluate your 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 scouting department or your, mm-hmm. your coaching abilities because that's irritating to me. At Drop the end of the day, down. Number six on the draft board should be what earned him a starting position, period. You drafted as a franchise that, player at number six. Sorry. Good. And the fact that it could be Michael Jordan that we're choosing over at Kim, if that's what they end up doing, that is, dude, the only way you like that is if you're a member <laughs> of the four-man rush. Because the four-man <laughs> rush, dude, they love them. Some Michael Jordan, and they hey, they will proudly let you know how much they love this dude. So, uh, yeah, that would real that would that would make me upset, man. True. Hey, go I'll go a step further, <clears throat> Greg. You talked about Matt getting fired at eleven and six, but if we come out and lose week one, week two, and Icky's not in that lineup, unless he has a compelling reason, I mean, it would have to be he's gonna. It can't just be him. It cannot just be him. It would have to be camping. It would have to be McAdoo. But if, if they don't have a compelling enough reason, I don't think he lasts to week four. Oh, I'm down. 
Let's do it. I think, I think, he's, got, I think he's got at least halfway through the season. I, think I it's do be too, but, but not starting Icky, man. Like, especially, like, yeah. this is what I don't understand in the head scratcher when it comes to this kid. Like, if you're not starting Icky, I, I understand people talk about, like, well, he just needs reps, things like that, or he needs to learn, you know, play. Because I said that earlier. But then I got to thinking, I was like, man, what about Rashawn Slater last year? What about Creed Humphrey? What about? Trey uh, Smith. Trey, Trey Smith, Smith in the sixth round. In the sixth round. What about Charles Cross this year? Evan Neal. The the oh, and, and the argument talking. Yes. The argument in the chat. Panther, I'll say this uh, is an argument. He's he stated that San Francisco traded up to three to get Trey Lance and sat him a year ago. So I guess Shanahan is a college quarterback too, or college coach well, but too. That's a, uh, hey, but no, but that's a it's bad a different argument. It's a different situation. Yeah. 100% Jimmy different. G yeah. was yeah. a good quarterback. Two he, Super Bowls. He, Right, he was. If, you're not talking about a guy who who he came at like who did he didn't start over. Jimmy G was a like he. It's not like he's Michael Jordan or Cam Irving, right? At the end of the yeah. day, like that's not what happened. We drafted that position because we needed it. The San Francisco yes. 49ers did not need a quarterback at that time. They had Jimmy right. G in the at the helm. They just saw a need that in the future they were going to need it. They're doing what they should be doing, which is they're a good team with a lot of talent, and they're planning yeah. for the future. That's what they did yes. there. Mm-hmm. And they moved up knowing that they would be able to sit Trey Lance <laughs> for a year. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers don't have the luxury. With how bad their offensive line has been, you have no excuse for not fielding the best possible five starting lineup that you have. Right. And we all know who those five guys are. It's Brady Christensen and Kim Aquanu, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett and Taylor Moten. Yeah. Like the, the I don't longer... even have to see them play, and I know that. Right, and like the the fact that Pat Elfland and Michael Jordan were so bad last year, and Matt Rule is still trying to force feed them on this offensive line, it it just makes no sense to me. I don't yeah. understand it for the life of me, man. I don't I don't know. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, last call, uh, and then we will. Uh, continue with the rest of the slideshow and then finish out the cat calls. What's up, guys? It's uh, Cookie Monster. Um, Cookie so Monster, have, what's up? Uh, my thoughts, first off, Caroline just released as far as the opening deck chart, and I'm seeing a lot of people that are sitting there freaking out, for example, like uh, regarding our offensive line. Um, and I saw I saw Cody actually was one of them. Um, over the past several years, we've had a serious serious issue as far as like with um as far as like offensive line injuries uh i think last year the amount of combinations we had was close to about 20 different combinations and everything because it was fucking excessive um 23 but this year uh so i see icky's not getting a start as far as uh first team i'm not i'm not tripping about that because one of the issues that we've had like i said as far as injuries and everything like that why would you sit there? Why are you going to play as far as like your key players and everything in a meaningless game? Preseason absolutely has nothing, nothing to do with as far as what what uh, happens as far as during the regular season. So I'm I'm just like I, I don't understand what what the huge issue is. You know what I mean? I'd rather sit there. Okay, all right. Let one of our somebody who's trying to play their way even onto the roster. Let them go ahead and uh, do what they're going to do. This person is trying to just make the fucking team, and right. you know what I mean. People, people are just tripping about it. But uh, let me know if I'm just going crazy, or that's that's just my thoughts and everything. 
you guys keep doing what you're doing. Uh, make sure you uh, like the podcast, hit the subscription and everything. Uh, appreciate you guys. What's up, guys? All right, can, uh, I, can I say something real you. quick? Yeah, go ahead, John. All right, so <clears throat> I don't think that what that caller said is crazy. And I like that you highlighted JD54's comment. He said, but what if uh, MJ outplayed Icky and BC at guard? How would it look to give a guy the job simply because he was drafted high? I will say this to that point. I don't outside of Sam Darnold and and I'm not necessarily being fair to him, but at the same time, bad tape is bad tape and it goes back. He takes too many risks, too many big mistakes, but can we truly say with what we, what I mentioned uh, in the pre-show, you know, where uh, Chris Sims came out and said that, you know, he could sit down and watch tape with any one of us and look at Joe Brady's offense last year and say like, at least seven different times he's seen the same play. And it's not like we were gashing teams with this play. It was like the same thing over and over and over and over again. He right. also mentioned how there was no cohesion to the offense. Could it be that Michael Jordan may be a guy that would do better in a McAdoo offense in a more structured system? I mean, that is something we have to consider, I guess, because of how you see the depth chart coming out. <laughs> and if Campin right. truly is the guy making the decisions, then it might he might they might be onto something. I don't know. I I just want I know I want to see Icky because of how high he was drafted personally, but it won't be the first time or the last time that we drafted somebody this high and they weren't immediately effective. So, but also, the JD is my guy. JD, do you actually think that's what's happening? And hey, maybe you do. That's fine. But like, does anyone think that Michael Jordan is like really outperforming out here? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm jaded because of how Cody, bad that I, season was last year, but I don't know, man. Like I just, there were a I, few times last year where I saw him make a few pretty substantial blocks at the guard position. Like, but is it is it enough to say that he's better than this six round guy who, like Cody said, we it, he proved himself to be drafted that high? I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to wait to see it play out. I think that draft picks can be deceiving or position could be deceiving. I mean, granted, everybody is always going to fall to the one example of Tom Brady, you know, but let's be real. Okay. If, if Drew Bledsoe never gets injured, you never hear Tom Brady's name ever. You, you will probably never, ever hear that name ever. He'll play three or four years as a backup quarterback, maybe get traded, maybe have success somewhere else. But honestly, this game is all about chance, man. Like, and, and and I like what you're saying right there. Like, m- maybe, maybe he's not the best guy for the spot that we're in, but based on what we know, I feel like based on the knowledge we have, the right. only thing we can go off of. I make this argument with Matt Corral uh, when Cody talks about it with with college. The only thing we have to go off is college. So if Icky was far superior in college than anybody else, start that guy. You know. If it doesn't work, then you can adjust from there. But I feel like with the draft pick you have there, I feel like if you invest that draft pick that high into that position, there's no way you can't start him to see if he works. He may be a bust. He very well may be. But you've got to see. Because you draft top 10 to be franchise slash Hall of Fame players. Like If you don't get that out of there, I'm sorry. If you don't get a franchise slash Hall of Fame player out of top 10 picks, it is kind of a bust. And don't we agree mm-hmm. with Nook you here? Know? 
that first round picks are supposed to play immediately. Like yes. Outside of what we Agreed. talked about, when uh, outside of what we talked about, like if you have a quarterback that you know you're going to sit here, fine. That's something that that's whatever. But literally any other position, if you're drafting you them start. in the first round, you're expecting them to play. Like this I've always heard, heard it said, like yeah. you, you envision that rounds one, two, and three, you're going to get guys that are probably going to be able to start right. for you. And then rounds four through seven, they're developmental. You're seeing if one day these guys might be able to turn into something. And I, I just feel like, you know, and it, again, it, it is early. I don't want to completely freak out about it because especially lately, they have been giving Kim a lot more reps at left tackle. And yeah. again, I don't care. Like Brady Christensen playing left tackle is not my hill to die on, even though I'd prefer it. I want every single talented player on this team to play football at the same time on this line. And if that means if you get left tackle, Christensen at left guard, I'm all for it, man. Just get them out there, dude. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying, man. Um, Agreed. And by the way, uh, we're at 333 viewers and 209 likes. Ooh. If everyone hit the like, dude, we would have more likes than viewers, dude. That would make us the king of the algorithm, boys. Let's do that. <laughs> hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. But this algorithm is our algorithm, damn it. It does what we tell it to we're do. We're going to make this algorithm our bitch. Yeah, that's right, bro. C3 Panthers podcast. We run this fucking algorithm. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Uh, boys, this is something that went around like wildfire this morning. Roquan Smith is done with the Chicago Bears. And we just got done saying earlier how, or at least I did, how our linebacking core is probably the most deficient out of any other core on our roster. So I'll just post it out there to y'all. Does trading for Roquan Smith make sense for the Carolina Panthers right now? Um, I don't, I don't think that there is going to be a, I don't think uh, that we're going to, I don't think they're actually going to trade him. Um, I think this is another sort of like Debo Samuel thing. I think, I think players are seeing that by requesting a trade, they're getting the deals that they want. Um, like Debo Samuels did. And, and so I think they're, they're, they're potentially following suit from something that has worked for another player. Um, I don't know that he actually wants to leave. Um, now he may, he may not like what they're doing over there on the defense or whatnot, but I think it has more to do with contract and I think the bears are going to pay him and he's going to be there. So, but but before you go, Greg, let me just add to this conversation that if you do, you're looking at having to pay him around $19 million a year. Yeah. Uh, Like if, if you go to spot rat, that's what, that's what you're looking at. Uh, by the way, we have yet to pay Brian Burns or Jeremy Chin. Right. So consider that also when when factoring in uh, your decision here. Go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, I don't know the deal with Roquan Smith. Um, I know that if, if you're not done with your contract and you're trying to get out of where you're at, for me personally, that's the immediate red flag. Uh, I, I I just I just don't respect a sports player who can sign a contract saying I'm going to play for you for X amount of time, Baker and then Mayfield. and then halfway through it or a couple a couple of years into it, whenever you decide you don't think you can win here, I want to go somewhere else. I don't respect that. 
So if there's a guy who's like that, that wants to come that even if he says, I want to play for the Panthers, dude, if you got two, three years left in your contract, be a man and play those out. Well, but all right, to, to, play devil's, to play devil's advocate though. Uh, and maybe bad dad, you're the, you're the stat daddy. Maybe you can start, maybe you can pull this up while we're talking about it. Uh, Jay Young says, look up Roquan's numbers before you speak. Very similar to Luke. So let me okay. ask y'all this. If, Roquan Smith is the kind of player that we've been looking for at that Mike linebacker position and you factor in Brandon Smith and Shaq Thompson. Could you not make the case that it might be worth it? Because that is part of what he talked about in his statement. He's like, you know, I've kicked ass for the bears. I've been doing everything that I've been instructed to do. And I'm just not getting paid like the type of player that I am. So if, if if he is the missing piece of our defense, is that financial uh, commitment could could it be worth it? I, I would have to know the player because to be truly honest with you, I've seen plenty of players in different different leagues and different even in the NFL who have been phenomenal where they're at and feel like they're not getting what they deserve. Then when they go somewhere else, they they shit a brick, and it's like, mm. well, I mean, Odell Beckham, you know, to, honestly, to, to be honest with you, is, is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, really didn't play well in Cleveland at all. Lucked into a Super Bowl in L.A., but didn't deserve it. Right. You know, so players like that. I mean, you're always taking a chance. You know, for me though, I look at red flags, and for a, a guy who's wanting out of his contract before he's before he's done with it is a red flag for me. Doesn't right. mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean it's not going to work out. It's just something in my mind that immediately throws up. Well, why are you not honoring your commitment? And if you're not honoring your commitment there, what makes me believe you're going to do it here? What if you come here two years and you don't like where you're at and you decide you want to go? And we paid. I mean, the uh, you know? the part that's tough is like, yes, I think there's certain levels of that, but you got to keep in mind. I mean, the thing that sucks is let's look at, let's look at maybe even. Um, I'm trying to think of a good one. Uh, let's let's think about let's talk about JC Horn for a moment. Let's see if he comes out here and he is an all pro, like just blowing things up. Like he's just making he's like a top five cornerback. Well, he's gonna be paid as though he is a you know bottom bottom five in the league as a on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Um, as for for putting that type of production out for potentially three more years. Right. And, and so like his mindset is like, if you value me, if you think that I'm like, if I'm outperforming my contract, then I think that there should be some, some benefit to me, you know, at this point in time, it's sort of like going to your job and just blowing it out of the water and expecting them to, to, to only give you a raise after three years. Right. Like you've just made them so much money. You've given them everything you had. And honestly, you're taking time off of your career. Right. I don't I don't disrespect that what he's doing. I think that maybe um, like I said, I don't know that I I think we should be in the market for it. But I think that there's value and I think there's, you know, real reasons behind why he's doing what he's doing. I, I don't I don't disrespect that at all. The only reason that I, I I don't think it would be a bad thing to add him to this defense. Um, I think it would be honestly a, a, a huge upgrade, obviously, because right. of his talent level. Yeah. I'm just really intrigued by Brandon Smith. Right. And I, and I want to see I think if you 
if if we were after Patriots week, then I'd probably be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, if we've already kind of seen sort of what Brandon Smith can be, but I just, it's kind of a wait and see approach for me. Cause I, it's just something about Brandon Smith. Like some guys are just better pros than they are college players. And I wonder with him, like, was it him just schematically being out of place? Because, you know, a lot of his, like yeah. the reason he dropped so far was because of, you know, his his ball skills, they would say, you know, different kind of things on his scouting report or whatever. But, you know, he could transition to be his his athletic ability is off the charts. And so I would just yeah. like to see what he could do before I would just bring in a, a proven guy like this. Not to say that that's not a good thing, because right. we've seen proven guys be added to a defense when we were already when we had momentum like a Jared Allen uh, that, you know, definitely put us over the top, you know, for that yeah. season. But I would kind of like to see what Brandon Smith looks like in that role first. Right. If you so, can, if you can do, if you can get the uh, somebody on a, on a much cheaper contract to be there, you know, for you and, and prove that, then I think yeah, there's a way more value in that, in my opinion, uh, than than anything else. Yeah. yeah, I'm right there with you on that. Well, two things I want to add to what John was saying. I, I've, I've you know people that have been listening to me for a while when I evaluate college players, I cannot stand the coaching staff at Penn State. Dude, I feel like they have had so many talented players mm-hmm. that they just never get the best out of. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, being real, no one expected Michael Parsons to be the kind of player that he was. Everyone thought that he was going to be a good inside linebacker. But if you watch his film, they, he missed a lot of gap assignments. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of refinement that he needed to do to play Mike's linebacker full time. Well, the Cowboys didn't use him that way. So I agree with you, John, when you say that it Brandon Smith is the the type of player who has the potential to be a much better professional football player than it was a collegiate football player. However, it gets back to Matt Rule like not being inventive enough to like play them in the right position. I don't think he has any intention of playing Brandon Smith at the Mike linebacker right. position. I would like him to. I would like that big, fast, physical guy right. at the Mike linebacker position. I don't know if that's what they're going to But is that really his choice? Like if he comes out like let's let's just say he has a phenomenal game against the Commanders. You know, he's all over the sure. field tackling machine. Do you think that's his choice or is it Phil Snow's? Cuz I would say it's more of a Phil Snow decision. That's a good question. It probably Because is. we we can't say that about Brandon Smith like at some point, we have to acknowledge certain things. We have to acknowledge that Jeremy Chin was just a phenomenal pick, and they played him in you know in as good a position as they possibly can. Right. We have to acknowledge that he put Hassan Reddick in a place to be able to get paid a, a bigger contract than when he got here. You know, so I, there's got to be some wins in there somewhere, and it's possible that this guy comes out in preseason and just you know, like I said, wows everybody, or he could be fall yeah. flat on his face and need more time to develop. Yeah, I, you know, I I would love to have Roquan Smith. Um, I think he's more of a scalpel than a hammer. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, is I want him shooting gaps. Mm-hmm. I don't really want him run blocking too much because, remember, this Roquan Smith is not a very big guy. No. And I think that might be why John kind of juxtaposed him with Brandon Smith. Brandon's 6'4", 250. But mm-hmm. that guy can do just about everything you want or two. Uh, whereas if you put a guard on Roquan, that that that's not a favorable matchup for Roquan. You know what's crazy, uh, Cody, about Brandon yeah. Smith? 
is that if you go look at his measurables and his athletic ability, his size, he's only 20 pounds heavier, but he has almost identical combine numbers as Cam Chancellor. Yeah. And like 20 pounds heavier, like two inches, like two inches taller. Mm-hmm. The the dude's a madman. Like yeah. so much athletic potential. He was a five-star recruit before he committed to Penn State, and he kind of fell relative to his potential. So yeah. Yeah, a ton of potential there. And, you know, you're hoping that you can see the best out of him. It's the same thing with YGM. They have so much talent, but we just need to put them in the best position to to be able to go and pin their ears back. And, John, you talked about that, putting them more at that wide nine position, Mm -hmm. like a real 4-3 defensive end. I think that helps Brian Burns and your turn gross. But see, the way that this team is built, Cody, that's not going to happen. You're gonna see more of that three three, a lot more of that three three five, especially when this deep when this offense is scoring. They're gonna put five DBs all over the field and cloud the, and cloud like crazy because to they're gonna it. force you, to, yeah, force you to throw the ball. And so in a base four three, then yeah, you, like I said, you would see guys like Derek Brown that would have more success in your tier gross models because they're getting consistent reps. It's like just building, right. building, building. But when you're going from a four three to four two, uh, uh, what is it four two? Five or whatever uh, to yeah. three three five or whatever like it's it's just hard for those guys to build that consistency when they're coming on and off the field being rotated from one place to another, but it works. It does work when you have when you force teams to throw the ball. It works, and we saw that early yeah. in the New Orleans game. And I'll be damned if we don't have the squad to get some picks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. I, I, mm-hmm. this is I I don't recall a time that I've ever been this excited about the talent that the Panthers have in their defensive backfield, man. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can literally name our, our entire defensive backfield. Jeremy Chan, Xavier Woods, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson. Like, bro, we have to That's have elite. one of the – That dude, is we elite. Have to yeah, have, I agree. Elite. Dude, dude speed-wise, we have to have one of the fastest backfields in the NFL. Yeah, easy. Like, we have to. I agree. And that's what I'm saying, man. So, like, when you go look back, this is why I – sometimes, like, look <clears> – <throat> Sometimes it takes people time to put the right pieces in place. Sometimes people have to fall on their face with their mistakes, eat it, and move forward. But if 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 we had a healthy Cam Newton when they hired Matt Rule, Ooh. I don't yep. think that we look at Matt Rule the same. I just I really don't because I think you're right. Yeah. We've had so many different games where we've it's been so close, and he's made some bonehead decisions, no doubt. But like. Man, I, I bring this up all the time. Zach Taylor went from two and fourteen to the Super Bowl in two years. Why? Because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, right? Yeah. To win five games in this division, it is is it horrible? Absolutely. But in this league, you do not win if you don't have a quarterback. Right. You don't. I don't care who you are. You can be the best coach. I look. You don't win if you don't have a quarterback, and I think that. Steady in this offense is really going to give Matt a chance to show who he could potentially be as a coach, which, look, as a Carolina Panther fan, I hope he's great. Honestly, I do. I hope he's great because it's good for us. I don't want to see Matt Rule in this thing blow up because you're talking about locker rooms getting disintegrated and players not liking each other, some players wanting to leave and stuff like that. I just don't want to see that happen. So I want to see this guy be successful. 
Go ahead, Greg. I know you're wanting to get something. There. No, no. He, he pretty much just said what I wanted to say. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a Matt Rule fan, but I'll get behind the guy if he can give me something to cheer for and give me a reason yeah. to think this team's going to win. I, I'm down for anybody who can help us win. But y'all know I've been kind of against Matt Rule since day one. I don't want to say I never yeah. really gave him a chance, but I did give him a chance. Every year when the year started, I've been optimistic and I've been hopeful. I even said last year after we were three and zero, I stand behind Sam. Like I, I said that on the podcast, uh, I'll admit to it. Uh, I just I don't like being lied to. Mm. I don't like being blatantly lied to, even if it's a even if Matt Rule and I have no relationship together. I don't like being lied to, mm. you know. So like, be I'm not stupid. Be honest with me. Anybody who's going to follow what you say is is smart enough to realize whether you're telling a lie or not. Like yeah. the average fan is not going to listen to a Matt Rule press conference. The only people who are listening to that is fans who are deep fans like us who mm-hmm. know you're bullshitting or coaching staff. So don't bullshit me, man. That that's my thing with Matt Rule. But if he's successful, I'm all for it. I, I want him to be a, like that's great because his success means my success. I'm a yeah. I'm a Panthers fan and I want mm-hmm. him to be successful. But I just don't believe he's got it in him. Yeah. <laughs> and Greg, I will give you your credit, brother. Because you were on the scent of Matt Rule publicly before anyone I know. Like, I remember after his first press conference, you're like, yo, this dude does a lot of coach speak, bro. And I, and yeah. you said that. You were on it. Yes. Uh, 100%. I give you your credit. Uh, and uh, it, it, again, you're right, man. Like, none of us are, none of us are pulling for Matt Rule to fail. Mm-hmm. But we're allowed to criticize the plethora of different mistakes Mm -hmm. that this man has made and continues to make. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to continue to do that. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat anything here at the C3 Panthers podcast. Nor should you. I I completely agree. Yeah. 1,000%. Because as as fans, man, I mean, at the end of the day, we're only beholden to greatness. I mean, and – if it's not if they're not putting out a great product then yeah you have to be critical and things have to change this is the other problem with a fan like me i've witnessed every bit of greatness and failure the panthers have had since day one mm-hmm. not a lot of fans can say that about their team and i know panthers fans can jaguars fans can i get it but like i'm one of those few who can say from mm-hmm. day one yeah. i've watched Every single game yep. I've been there from the beginning and not a lot of people say that. So like I've seen the times when the Carolina Panthers are up and man, we are, we are about it and we're ready to go. And I've seen the Jimmy Clausen days. So like I've been through it all, man. So, so mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's hard to fool somebody like me. Cause I, I mean, I've seen this movie before. Let, let, let's see what the ending is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And like Pan, you know, Panther blue, he's in our chat a lot. He, it gets on us for criticizing Matt Rule. And good. Look, it's good that Matt Rule has some defenders. Right. You right. know, he, he definitely needs someone to be on his side. Uh, but, yeah, man, we're going to continue to be honest. And when he deserves praise, let me tell you, we're not going to withhold it from him. Like, we want to see growth. We want to see continued evolution. Let's continue hey, on with these. Shout out to Pan- uh, Panther Blue yep. said one more thing real quick. He said, and we're not uh, we're not even talking about what's coming with Amari Barno and Kalen uh, Barnes. I think Amari Barno has Max Crosby kind of potential. Okay. I think that kid is going to be 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He he can he might be ridiculous, bro. I'm down. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, real mean, quick, no, before no, we listen, move to the oh, next oh. one, real real quick, yeah, if you don't ahead, mind, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, guys, we are 90 subs away from hitting 4K. That's been our goal is yes. 4K before the start of the season. If you guys are new to the channel, do me a favor, hit that sub button. Um, and uh, if you are already <laughs> subbed and you feel like, hey, listen, what we're doing, what the content we're putting out is 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 worthy of a share, uh, share with other people that you find that are Panthers fans or Browns fans or you know whatever you know whatever it may be. And uh, and you know even if it's just as the as the new as the year comes along, you know I think it's always good to have. Uh, an idea of what your opponent is thinking, right? And so if, uh, if you know, as week one comes, Browns fan, come check out the podcast Tuesday. Share it with anybody you know that's a Browns fan. Same thing with week two, week three. Those uh, those opponents, just share it with anybody you know and then say, listen, this is a podcast about the Panthers. They're going to be talking about your squad. They're going to be talking about the Panthers. They give you a good insight about what to expect on Sunday. So uh, if you guys don't, do us, uh, don't mind, do us a favor. Try to help us get to that 4K and uh, you know we're going to try to propel this thing uh, forward, man. We've got a a renewed energy, a focus on this channel. We want to build this thing out and actually make it a uh, uh, you know the premier destination for uh, Panthers news and opinions, as the uh, the intro might elude. That's hey, Cody. right, man. Yeah, Cody, right, uh, Jay issue said Matt Rule got a cousin on every Panther fans podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that, man. I, I don't doubt that. The, look, the people in the organization, they definitely know what we say and do. Right. Oh, like, yes. you know, we're, we're, we're almost at four hours and we still have, you know, 230 people chilling with us right now. That's what's so up. it's like, they, they know that, that people are listening to us mm-hmm. and well, uh, hey, thing- man, we're, we're only able to do this with you guys, man, supporting the channel. Hit that like and hit that subscribe. And yeah, what our first game is September 11th, right? That's the mm-hmm. first game. We're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers before the first game of the season. Man, you can help us out. That'll help this channel grow hey, to the very hey, next level. Cody, here's the crazy thing, man. When you talk about the number of people that are still watching, not for nothing, man, uh, PNP and um, um, what's my man, Aaron Duncan showed us at a uh, training camp that not only do you guys watch, but even the yep. players like DJ Moore recognized those guys when they were at the at training camp. Right. So they, they watch. 100%. Well, and the thing is, is the reality is our fans and the fans of a lot of these podcasts, they are the, the most dedicated fans. They're the most vocal fans. They're the fans buying the merchandise. They're the fans watching the games. They're the fans going to the games. They're the fans uh, constantly engaging with the Panthers stuff online, right? So the idea of, you know, and I, I've been saying it for a while, the Panthers are missing the buck on embracing this fan-created content. Mm-hmm. And and I think they're going to find it, eventually see that there's value in it because mm-hmm. all of these legends in our chat right now, every single one of them are the ones that you, like the Panthers, would are like they realize are the diehard fans, yes. right? The people here are the people that matter to the Panthers nation. And I'm not saying people that don't that are new here don't matter. I'm just saying the people that are that are spending three hours with us to just literally hear four random fans talking about the Carolina Panthers, those are the real people in this community. And so I appreciate each and every one of you guys for yeah. being here. It's something that, uh, you know, we couldn't ask for a, a better community and it's been growing and growing and you guys constantly come back. I, 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 I just can't even begin to fathom the, 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 
how loyal you guys are to this 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 channel like it's 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 mind-boggling and we we just can't express that you know appreciation more uh, especially now that we found out our boy muscles marinara has a kick-ass bro next year we all need to make the trek down to spartanburg do a c3 meetup and see how many people recognize recognize our our faces hey man i'm doing i'm gonna hit them up on grubhub probably tomorrow (laughs) the next time i go live i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna record you know the taste test and all that kind of stuff i I ain't gonna give him no bad look or nothing like that (laughs) but if he if it's bomb bro i'm sending as much business your way as i can there you go and uh you know the 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 last thing i'll say you know i think one of the reasons why you don't see uh, the Panthers reaching out to fan-made podcasts like C3, like PNP, or Pat Coltrane, uh, is that we're honest, man. Like, one of the reasons why y'all come to us is because we're going to tell you our honest opinion of what's happening on the field. And we're going to listen to G-Baby's cat calls in a little bit, and he's going to go off, and we're not going to censor him either, man. Like, this right. is a place for Panther fans to come and be emotional. Whatever your emotion is, are you happy about what happened? Come do it here at the C3 Panthers podcast. Are you pissed off about what happened? Come do it here at the C3 Panthers podcast, man. And I think that kind of scares the powers at B to kind of uplift a platform like ours that is being brutally honest. Because that's uh... why our viewers are choosing us over these kind of milk toast you know, one after the other kind of podcast that the teams are actually putting out. Leading in fear is not the way to be successful, right? And so the reality is the emotion we're showing on this, on, on, on these podcasts are the emotions all the Panthers fans are feeling, right? If we're elated, you're going to see that on this podcast. If as a fan base, we are not happy, you're going to like, this is the best place as a, as to be able to watch us PNP, all of these guys. I mean, I, I'm not going to shit on any of the content creators. We're all in this together, right? No. Um, you know, this is the best place the Panthers can look to to find out what they need to focus on to make their organization better and, and to cater to their customer, which is us, the fans, yeah. right? Well, and so that's why I think that the, it's a missed opportunity that they're eventually going to have to look into. I'm not sitting here saying they need to pay us, you know, $40,000 an episode or anything crazy like that. But I'm saying, listen, they have a, a store, right? Wouldn't they? Wouldn't it make sense for us to plug their their team store in our in our stuff? Like, yeah. l- let's oh, yeah. be real about it. Th- this is the people that you are supposed to be advertising to, right? right? You know what it. though, Cody? Even if they don't, even if they don't acknowledge, man, I far re- I, I would much rather have influence over power. Agreed. That's right. Look. That's my point, man. Look at what these. You know, look at what we're doing now. Look at what all these other podcasts are doing. Like, be, people come to us for a reason. You're getting something here that you're not getting from all these other official podcasts and clubs. It's going to take the NFL and all these other football teams a while to, I think, really kind of embrace what, you know, yeah. what what we're doing. But, hey, if you're a fan of this podcast – you get to say that you were a fan of us when you know when we were just okay. out here out here grinding out here doing our own thing but uh look let's uh let, let's get some more of these cat calls in there sure. we still got we still got a good little list Let, let's burn let's through let's burn through them yeah let's let's try to get a few yo what time. is up c3 
it's your boy Anthony calling in. Um, Anthony? You know, not much to talk about. I mean, kind of already knew Baker was going to be the guy when we were getting here, but I do want to talk about this offensive line because Matt Rule just looks like such a hypocrite saying that now he thinks now because the NFL coaches probably told him that Brady Christensen is a left tackle, he looks like a complete doofus, drafting another left tackle at six, which from all the fans can see, it's pretty logical that all you have to do is give Iki Aquanu a chance to show you what he can do at left guard, because I'm willing to bet my chips on a rookie Akim Aquanu instead of Michael Jordan who gets all this unpraised type saying he had, like, a five-game stretch. A five-game stretch of He still lost all those games. He didn't make an impact enough to the point where you say, yeah, he needs Thank to be you. our starting left guard. Thank you. That's my point with this, is that, so Matt Rule thought Brady Christensen was a guard last year, and then now all of a sudden he's a tackle? Well, I mean, I'll be damned if I don't see Iki Aquanu starting somewhere on the O-line because, I mean, man, we can't just have these draft picks turn into backups. Like, it only feels this way for being a Panthers fan. Like, all these other draft picks you see immediately start, immediately make impact on their teams, especially on offense. But for some reason, and especially the last couple of years, the Panthers just haven't <laughs> been able to do that. Right. There's – a guy like Terrence Marshall that needs to break out this season. So you get my point with these offensive draft picks. But, yeah, man, that's my opinion on the offensive line. Hopefully Rule will start looking at Twitter and realizing that what mistake he's making is really detrimental to the team. You know, I just want to see the best players play. Appreciate all the work you all do. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Yo, yeah, what think, is uh, nobody's going to disagree. Yo, what is up, C3? It's your boy, Anthony, calling in. Um, You know, not it much to like talk about. Times. I mean, this is the same one. kind of already knew. Oh, is it the same one? Yo, what's up, C3? Quick part two to my call uh, for Anthony. Um, Just wanted to point this out here, too. Um, adding on to what I said about the draft and, you know, how Brady Christensen didn't play last year, and then now he's used as a considered one of the best players on our team. It, it really scares me because if he's just now getting a shot to show that he's better than all these bums that we put on the O line last year, then I'm certainly convinced that third round, fourth round players like Matt Corral, Brandon Smith are not going to see the field this year just because Matt Rule just doesn't want to play rookies. Even if they're a first round caliber player. It's it's very confusing. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, I mean we're just gonna have to roll with it. Whatever the O line is, we're gonna hope have to hope that Baker can do something behind it. I mean I just really don't see them going, yeah. You know, Michael Jordan is our guy. And it, it's very frustrating, like, to even talk about this subject because we've been inept at left tackle for so long that now it's like they won't even think about putting a Kim Aquanu at guard, even though 
And shout out to John and Cody for this one because these boys have been talking about this for a while. Ikemaquanu should be taking snaps at guard because if he turns out to be a Hall of Fame guard, that was an amazing pick. But yeah, keep that. Yeah. Facts. Yo, what's up, C3? Quick part two to my call. Let me pause. I'm going to pause the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of said said this a lot. I think it echoes a lot of our sentiments. Matt Rule has a problem uh, with playing rookie offensive players. I want to keep going with the uh, cat calls, but I never want to miss a good opportunity. Um, we got a donation uh, from uh, Rook yet again with a $5 love bomb. His third donation of the night. Definitely appreciate you, sir. He says, what's the origin of keep poundings? Well, you know what? I'm so glad you asked because that brings us to what was the final topic on my slideshow. And it's that man right there. Sam Mills is officially a Hall of Famer. So, by the way, Rook, if you don't know, uh, Sam Mills was brought over to the Carolina Panthers. He used to play for the New Orleans Saints previously. Uh, he came over. He was a fantastic player for the Carolina Panthers. And then later, he was a great coach. And uh, at, at a certain point in time, and boys, you might have to help me out here with what cancer uh, Steve Miller um, or, uh, Sam Intestinal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, he contracted intestinal cancer. And this man would still show up to work. He would still be uh, the type of coach that players wanted to play for. And he had a motto. That motto was keep pounding. Mm -hmm. That no matter what's happening to you, no matter how bad you might feel, no matter how bad things might look, you never give up and you keep pounding. And Mm -hmm. these words, I mean, this is our mantra, man. This means everything to us. You know, for a lot of people, this is more than just football. I mean, this is for life. Whenever life gets you down whenever you're going through hard times you have to keep pounding man literally even if you're going through something as terrible as a bout of cancer like steve mills went through himself it's that never-ending fight that 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 you know keep pounding that that's why we made such a big deal last year when it kind of felt like david tepper yeah like tyler jones said it kind of felt like David Tepper was trying to like remove it. Yeah, get rid of the motto and not have it uh, be broadcast you know, in the stadium for our fans to start chanting. Yeah. Uh, this was a big no-no for us, man. Mm. These words are sacred to us. They mean a lot to us, the Sam Mills family, and uh, and yeah, the fact that we get to call this man a Hall of Famer. Man, that's, oh. that, that's big time. I you love know that's what? great. Cody, I just thought about something <clears throat> because I had never seen this happen before. You remember how Russell Wilson, like after every single <coughs> press conference would say, go Hawks, right? Yeah. I remember to speak to your point about what um, David Tepper was attempting to do. And if you remember the kind of, I guess, there was the pr- the press conference during uh, TD and uh, Greg Olson's retirement where David Tepper mentioned about bringing that other guy home or whatever, and he was talking about Cam Newton or whatever. And then they re-signed Cam last year. Do you remember after that uh, that win, Cam said, there's one thing that I've been wanting to say for a long time after the press conference. He said, keep pounding, and he walked off. Yes. And said, to me, you know what? 
that was so much LeBron versus Dan Gilbert. It was ridiculous to me. Great comparison. I feel like that was Cam Newton saying, keep dang pounding because you are not taking that away from Mm. this team, period. Absolute. That was yes, I love that fire, man. And that, mm-hmm. it, it, it it did feel like that. And by the way, Cam Newton has been like one of the biggest pillars of all of our traditions, man. The Sunday giveaway was Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton understand understood keep pounding. And when he did say that at that podium, it felt powerful. It felt like a statement. It felt like nah, th- these are our words. And it doesn't matter how much you bought the Panthers for. You're not taking our words away from us. Yeah. Steve Mills gave us this. This is going to be ours forever, man. So, man, shout out Cam Newton. Ace Boogie. That's mm-hmm. my dude, man. There is only one other statement other than keep pounding in my life that motivates me as much as keep pounding. And it's already taken by somebody. And that's whatever it takes. You know, Marvel took that one. But, I mean, like what what else would you say like to try to motivate your team that is so deep other than keep pounding like i i just don't yeah. get why anybody would want to change that and i think that's my biggest problem with david tepper is like i get wanting to change some of the culture like evolve into something new yeah but you have a history man like this team's here for a reason it's been here for this long and there are fans mm-hmm. like me and thousands other i'm sure that have been there from the beginning. Like I was there when Kerry Collins broke his jaw. Like I've seen all this stuff, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm not giving up. Keep pounding because right. you don't want it to be that yeah. way. I will mm-hmm. ever say keep pounding for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Period. Dude, I, I'll, be, I, I'll say this and then we'll move on. Uh, David Tepper scares me, man. And I bring this up a lot because I remember this. There were under the surface rumors that David Tepper even wanted to change the colors nope. of the Carolina Panthers early on. And it's like, dude, what nope. are you even Best colors in the about? NFL. Not only dude, best colors saying. in the NFL, man, but this is one thing I did like about Richardson. I, I'm a, I like tradition. I, I, I don't know why. I just really love tradition. Like, I know a lot of people are screaming for us to have a uniform change. I don't want it, man. I love the traditional varsity block numbers. Like, yeah. I like it with Green Bay. I like it with Kansas City. I like I for that. us to be one of those teams to keep our jerseys the same way that they are because it builds that tradition. I just – I don't right. know why. I just I just love that. Yeah. Like, I hope they don't make any changes. Like I And, look, I know a lot of people want uniform changes, but I don't think that our colors are so bland or ugly like Seattle or, you know, nothing cra- – like Tampa. Well, look, Tampa went back to theirs. They went back to the block varsity numbers because they tried to go to that alarm clock mess that looked like trash, and people wanted the old jerseys back. And so I just – I like where we're at with our uniforms. That's funny that you say that because, in my opinion, besides – I think Carolina has the best uniforms in the in, – like, in the entire 100%. NFL. 100%. But beyond that, I think that Green Bay – Seattle and Tampa Bay are the next three in line. I think those three uniforms are fire. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I and 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 uh, uh the Chargers. I love their uniforms too. Like, but all those uniforms are just amazing. They stand out. You can look at them and immediately know exactly what team you're pulling for with those colors. I, I love it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah shout yeah, out to Sea Dog. You're right. Jerry Richardson was the man. I like Richardson. Uh, I hope don't don't stab me for saying that. But. <laughs> no, you're cool. uh, all right, let's continue with this cat. Uh, what's up, C3? It's uh, Nostalgia Holic 
coming in from the high country. I uh, just wanted to say uh, thanks, as always, for putting on a great pod. But a lot of chatter about, you know, media or lack of media at um, at training camp down in Spartanburg. But that kind of seems to be a little ubiquitous amongst, uh, you know, many organizations and many training camps where they've really pulled uh, the press back into, you know, to the limited, you know, amount that the teams want to put out, which is crazy. Um, so fucking hype to have just, like, Twitter blowing up, and it's been a big bummer. But it is what it is. Uh, so far, it seems like it's been a positive training camp. Uh, I do think there's a lot of people who are, who are kind of bummed at some of the ways that the lines have been managed. Um, not just the offensive line, but really, like, starters, second string. Um, you know, it feels for some, like, these positional battles, um, case in point, like, Sam Darnold, why, why, you know, why even host a competition when you, you know, there's, there's clearly someone better. Um, but I think when it gets a little bit more serious is, um, on the offensive line with Ikim Aquanu, like all reports are that he's a fucking badass. So I think a lot of people want to see him, you know, only running with ones or, you know, they, they can't stand the thought of, um, Pat being listed as, as the starting center. You know, I've heard some takes of saying that they want, wanted to make sure that Bozeman was getting, um, you know, reps with Baker, and that's why he was listed too. I don't know. It's training camp. I think some of it's kind of dumb. And I, I have faith that uh, come the start of the year, we're going to see a legit offensive line, and, and, we're not, and those jokers are going to be out of here. Um, but love to hear what everybody else has to say. Keep pounding. Let's fucking go! Uh, what's up, C3? It's, uh, Nostalgia Holic coming in from the high country. Let's go! Nice, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I think we've kind of touched on all of it. Uh, you know, we all want Icky to start and yeah. to play. You know, whether that happens, you know, we'll, we'll see. What's up, C3? It's out here calling in from Raleigh. I don't hear too many ladies calling in, so I knew I had to come say what's up. Johnson Thompson. I feel like nice. Baker's oh. brought an intensity to the team and an edge that we haven't seen in a while, probably since prime cam. With the little amount of coverage and highlights we've got from the media team this year, I still notice most Baker's demeanor and energy that he uniquely brings to the players around him by being vocal and forward. I guess my question is, who do we ultimately keep going forward, Sam or PJ? I say we cut our losses with Sam and eat the money and have PJ as a third and Matt Corral as clear number two. Could we see that happen? Love tuning in and listening to you guys every Tuesday night. Let me get y'all's thoughts on that. Peace. That's uh, can I right first there. and foremost tell you? Marriage material right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, listen, here's the thing. She clearly had written down everything so that she mm -hmm. could make sure she got the points across that mm -hmm. she wanted to get I, I am, I am incredibly impressed with that uh um, everyone should strive to be like her what was her name again let me three so here calling in from raleigh 
Does he say Steph? I think he's like down it. here calling in from Raleigh. I don't know if she's her... I, I thought she said her name was Steph. But l- listen, I didn't catch her name. Fantastic cat call. Yes. And yeah, I think we all agree with you, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, CK talked about this earlier. You know, I, I feel like we're just kicking the tires here. Yeah. On uh, You know where I stand on. with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all ready to move on from Sam and Sam's probably going to be ready to move on from us fairly soon too. <laughs> I, would, I, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. Especially <laughs> when you, when you're walking out to training camp and all the fans are cheering for Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield and Matt Corral. Like I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it doesn't feel good. Like we're not heartless. You know, nobody's wishing ill will against the guy, but you know. And, and I do want to put out there too, that, I say marriage material because I am applauding how great her call was. Not saying she is only worth marrying because of something like that, because I know how people are this day and age. So there you go. Hey, you know, people translate that to exactly to hear a female talking about routes. Oh, (laughs) shit. Cancel them. And and you know what's funniest about that comment? I don't think I've ever seen a female run a route. Just saying. Oh, yeah, you have. I I saw one the other day. There was a chicken of a candy man. She was all hanging out, and she dusted this dude. Uh, and, uh, he was in coverage. Oh and man, let me tell you, she. Dusted I'm sure there's that. plenty out there that could smoke me, like, yep. like in coverage and in just beating me in routes. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm uh, just saying, to your yep. point, I've never seen a female run a route in the NFL. All right, so, uh, so. tell me. Uh, me... Come in, so I knew how to come say. Yeah, that was the last. All right, moving on. Hey guys. It's the growl that makes him howl, a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. Now, I got a question for you guys. I was thinking about this today. Um, what's better, preseason at the stadium or preseason when you're, um, when you're watching it on TV or listening to it on the radio? Because like, I was thinking, on the one hand, for me, I love going to the stadium. I mean, I just love it in preseason. You know, holy shit, the Panthers are playing at the stadium. You know, the gates are open. I want to go. So I doesn't end up going. But then, again, I'm like, there's so much happening in preseason in terms of changes, in terms of people that are uh, – on the bubble and all that other stuff and you know not that you know not that everyone cares like my brother doesn't my brother basically called me an addict because I care about preseason football because it is important to see who's going to make the team who sucks you know that kind of stuff but that's my question to you guys I gave you all my thoughts and I won't leave you waiting any longer. Wow, wow, He's making wow. Wait. <laughs> he said, I won't hey, make guys. you wait any longer. It made that thing go out for about 30 seconds there. <laughs> um, uh, Joey. God yeah, love Joey. I'll Your brother's not calling there. you an addict because of the Carolina Panthers. He's calling you an addict because you just practiced that growl all day and all night. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, look, I'll say this when it comes to like preseason, 
like preseason, I'd rather be at the stadium, you know, obviously because it's just fun. Right. It's like you know, it's kind of a throwaway game anyway. But I think we can all agree that there are times during the season it's better to be at home, man. Snuggled up behind the TV on the sofa, you got your beer, you got mm-hmm. your chicken wings, man. You're just chilling, like it's Unless not it, you know freezing in your house. Man, listen, as a person, so <clears throat> when my the games are so much different when you're watching, like even like big time college football, right? Like my brother played uh, ball for Troy. And I remember them playing Florida and like you, you see the games on TV and it's like, to me, I like it better on TV because there's no commentary when you're in the stadium, it's loud and it's like really crazy. Right. But then in between plays, it's like really quiet. And then you hear the announcer, no different in high school over the, you know, uh, over the PA saying like, you know, this play by this player or whatever like that, but you don't get the same kind of like, you get spoiled with getting the commentary, you know, of the guys on TV. And like, I just think it's a much better. Pro- That's why it's the number one, you know, television show on so many different networks is because it's such, the commentary is what makes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, and, you know, they got Steve Smith on the broadcast now. You know, they're, they're trying to do trying to do some stuff. Uh, but let's move on. 252-228-1598. It's Noah again here. Um and I thought it's a little thing with um, Iki Aquandu. Like, let's be, let's really be real about it. Um, you know, Iki Aquandu, he's probably one of the most better left tackles we really have on the board. And Brady Christian, if you saw what Brian Burns was doing to Brady, um, Brady Christian, how is he going to survive against a guy who's much stronger than him and way more than him? Like, what are you supposed to do with that? And I think that they should give, you know, Equim Aquanu uh, um, some type of reps, you know, something. But, you know, heat time is without peace. There's no again here. Um, Keep pounding. Yeah, let's move on with the call here. We've talked a lot about O-line. Appreciate you, Noah. Hey. Yeah, okay, here it is. Did you already know G-Baby? Hey, hey, hey. hey. You know who the fuck it is. Booyaka, booyaka, booyaka! Let's talk about this motherfucking death chart, man. And I'm over here listening to the panel, man. I'm sick of you motherfuckers. Whoever shits on Dante Jackson, whoever shits on Dante Axe and Jackson, go suck a dick, bruh. Because he's the only motherfucking quarter who passes James Bradbury. And if anything, all y'all need to be licking his fucking nuts, man. Because if it wasn't for Dante, we wouldn't have fucking shit. So let's put some fucking respect on Dante fucking Jackson. CK. Let's give him the benefit of the fucking doubt. Hey, Pastor Nation, I'm, I'm going to let you know CK's been fucking Dante Jackson's number one hater, bro. So I don't want to hear the, oh, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's his first year in the league. CK, come on, bro. You better than that. Come on, dude. Hey, come on, dog. But what did I tell you motherfuckers about Michael Johnson playing left guard? I told you guys. I told you, that's the best left guard we got. The best left guard we got. We should have never drafted the Icky. We got fucking Brady Christensen playing left tackle. I don't know why Icky isn't playing left tackle, but it is what it is. Bo- Bozeman, not even starting at center. We still got Pat Eslon's bitch ass. So I don't, I don't know what, that, what that's about. Um, oh, bro, why the fuck is Corey Littleton not starting? 
Can someone please tell me why he's not starting at middle linebacker? That doesn't make no sense to me. And if it was up to me, I'm sorry, man. Jeremy Chen's an all-pro fucking safety, but he's a Hall of Fame linebacker. If it was up to me, I'd have Shaq on the outside, Corey Littleton in the inside, and then you got Jeremy Chen on the outside, you got Daisy, you got Dante, you got fucking C.J. Henderson, you got Keith Taylor. Move one of them to fucking free safety. You got Xavier Woods, and Xavier Woods can't play free safety like that. He don't have the speed. That's why they moved him to strong safety. He's a hard hitting safety that can that can yeah. tackle. But we, I don't, I don't, we, we, I don't, we don't have the defense to play the four three. The lack of pass rushers just scares the fuck out of me too. But I'm gonna call him, boys. Cody, like you know what it is. Hey, hey, hey. So look, here's what I'm going to do. Instead of getting like these incremental doses of G-Baby, I'm going to play all of G-Baby's calls right now and get them out the way, and then we can respond. I'll let CK respond and defend himself. (laughs) Let's just get – you know, G comes with the energy all the time. So we're going to let G – CK, you make me fucking sick. I love Dante's action now. Come on, bro. <laughs> now he's got the mentality. Come on, bro. He's had the mentality since fucking rookie year, dog. And nope. you shit on this motherfucker the oh. entire the, oh. his entire career with the fucking Panthers, dog. No, I'm calling you out, bro, because that's bullshit, bro. You're not, Dante Jackson's number one hater, and now you fucking love him. <laughs> Sounding like another rat rule we got, boys. Come on, CK. You better than that, partner. <laughs> CK, you make me fucking sick. All I right, love right, Dawson. Right. All right, all right. I gotta let CK defend himself. Yeah. Oh no, there's no defense on my part. I literally said I have been one of his biggest critics. This is the first this year and last year has been the first time that I've felt positive about DJ or Deshaun Jackson or Dante Jackson. Now, here's the thing you gotta keep in mind if you're just joining the Panthers. Uh, as fandom, Dante Jackson uh, was he he had a pretty decent rookie year. Every time, every year he has been injured because of a damn fucking toe or something like that, right? So Dante Jackson, his greatest availability has or his greatest ability has not been his availability, unfortunately. So I've had some issues with that. He also had issues from at least the way that all or nothing portrayed it of having maturity issues of being uh you know able to actually sit down like basically you had to have a sit down with all the leaders of that defense telling him like we need you to be more mature or whatever it was i can't even remember the exact words right i had i had legitimate reasons to not feel like J- dante jackson was an elite caliber C, you know cornerback i never once said he was garbage i never once said he was a piece of shit right g baby is just getting in his emotions a little bit uh because he's been wrong on a couple of players himself and he just refuses to admit that um and so uh, at this point in time uh i'm on g baby's side with dante jackson and i think dante you know i think g baby would agree that i i agree with him on a lot of different fronts um we even talked about like literally i was the first one to talk about Corey littleton so i'll be right there uh, you know on his side with his his uh his frustration with Corey littleton being uh, back up to Shaq on the left there, but uh, G Baby, absolutely, uh, you are heavily mistaken about how negative I was towards Dante Jackson. I was negative, but it wasn't a ah Dante Jackson's garbage. So go ahead and uh, 
Show me the clips. So sometimes you just gotta let G be G. Dude, on the Friday free for all, he was already trying to tell us, oh, JC Horn, bro, he's injury prone. We gotta trade his ass. Right. Blow on Dante Jackson. Bro. He's gone for the rest of the year, bro. And, and he's not a believer in Matt Corral either. And G, you know, you and I are night and day you different. You lost Cody on, on that, that one. one. Yeah. You're gonna regret that one, bro. I will say in defense of G-Baby right here because I've been saying this for years. I've been a Dante Jackson fan since day one. He bought a car for his mom with his first paycheck, which right. I love and respect. That's awesome. I love that mindset. Yep, I think yep. he's been a very good player. I can't stand people who talk about how great Josh Norman was and don't think Dante Jackson is good. So let me go ahead and tell you, Dante Jackson through his first four years in the NFL is better than Josh Norman was. Right. Josh Norman had one good year yeah. in 2015 surrounded by a really good defense. Okay. That's a good point. Other than that, he's been a mid-level to maybe not even starting in some leagues cornerback for oh, the yeah, rest most, of his career. Yeah. The yeah. first three years in Carolina and every year after that in Washington, Josh Norman's been that. Dante Jackson has been a consistent when he's played the entire time he's been an NFL player. Josh Norman didn't do that. So I can't stand here and people talk about Josh Norman when he had one good year out of 10 and Dante Jackson has had four yeah. decent years of the time he's played. And what I can't uh, stand is how like oftentimes we just don't give, it's like <clears throat> we tie and and I'm just as guilty as anybody else, but we tie so much of our emotion and, and esteem to, to the wins right, and right. not the process. You're like right. we like Josh Norman was an accumulation of time. Like, not every guy's right. going to come out and hit immediately. Jordan Gross was an accumulation of time. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton was an accumulation of time. My goodness, there were people – I saw somebody in the chat say this earlier, that they saw people calling for Rivera's head after year two. Yep. Well, if you do that, 2015 never happens, you know? And we set the league on fire. Right. One of the reasons that we're the – we might not be a huge media market team, but one of the reasons that we're the most, like – uh, one of the most followed teams. I think we have the most followers on Twitter at 3 million. And I think they got over a hundred thousand now on the YouTube page, which is pretty good considering like, you know, teams that are more storied than us have less than us. Right. But one of the reasons is because of that 15 season. That doesn't yeah. happen. If you fire guys too early, that didn't yeah. happen. If you send cam packing, you know, we, we, we gave more grace to cam than even, you know, Chicago gave the Mitch Trubisky, and he went to a playoff game much earlier in his career. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Dante you know, Jackson is a you know a, you know the benefit to Dante Jackson is he had from a statistical standpoint he had a much better first two three I guess three years of his career than uh, than Josh Norman, right? Um, Dante Jackson I think had a, probably a higher expectation of success because he mm-hmm. was drafted drafted higher than Josh Norman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of my criticism early on was was yes, his availability was a question mark because it felt like there were a couple of times when he got beat every time it would felt like he was just injured after he got beat on a, on a, on a route or something like that. Um, that, that always seemed odd to me. And then, um, you know, a lot of times there was like, a, there was a lot of praise on his rookie year of the amount of uh, interceptions he had. And like, I remember going back and those, like there wasn't it, most of those interceptions like I, I was just saying, like there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not shitting on him, saying he's a bad cornerback for this. But like the praise was just unwarranted because it was just un like he was uncontested balls, like meaning like it was underthrown or just thrown in the middle of the field. And Dante Jackson 
just was literally standing there waiting for it for about three seconds to get to his chest. Right. It wasn't, that's where my criticism early on came from. Yeah. I think two of those things can be true. I I think Dante, I mean, not Dante, Josh probably was a system corner, but I'd be damned if he didn't provide us one of the most fun seasons we've ever had. They're like, no no one can deny He's part of that. that fight between him and Odell Beckham Jr. That's going to go down as one of the craziest, greatest Panther moments yeah. of all time, dude. Agreed. That that's yes. that's undisputed. But I'm also a big time fan of D. Jackson. I don't I don't think that uh he gets enough credit. All right, guys, we're in the home stretch, man. Let's do it. Oh, fuck this is Baker this, Baker that, Baker, 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 Baker. Well, Baker better fucking keep the same fucking energy. Weak motherfucking one, man. Because you Panther fans make me fucking sick. You Panther fans make me sick. Oh. Is this a Cleveland fan? A scorned Cleveland fan? A bunch of bitches. Oh. (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, what? But keep that fucking same fucking energy, man. Cody, I can handle him, man. I'm out. All right. Can I mm. let me let me at this? Because yeah, I'm the one with the Mayfield shirt on and all that. So I'll I'll, I'll talk about this. Like, <clears throat> what energy exactly are we keeping here? Because here's what I would like to say in, in terms of the whole Matt Corral thing. Because I do believe in Matt Corral. I believe that Matt Corral is the future. He maybe doesn't team. even believe in him. Well, <laughs> that's his problem. But here's the point. The point is, is this: regardless to who it is that takes over at center. One of the reasons that Matt – I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm sure you do. Matt Rule talked about first-round quarterbacks, and he talked about the hit rate on first-round quarterbacks not being that high. The context that was left out of that is important. It's the reason why the hit rate isn't that high, because most of these guys go to crap situations. Right. Go back and look at four-time Super Bowl winning Terry Bradshaw, who took four years before he popped. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at Peyton Manning, who was three and thirteen his first season, threw more, broke the rookie record for interceptions. Who then turned around and struggled in year four, after going to the playoffs. When you go to a bad team in a bad situation, it is far worse for guys than coming in. I mean, Cam Newton's another example. Cam Newton came into a two and fourteen team, six. What was it? Six and ten year one, seven and nine year two. It took to year three to finally go twelve and four after starting three a uh, one and three. You know what I'm saying? Where the whole riverboat name came from. The point is, is this. When you build infrastructure, you get a Colin Kaepernick to take you to a Super Bowl. You get a Nick Foles that comes in as a backup and wins a Super Bowl. You get a Tom Brady that takes over for a Drew Bledsoe and wins a Super Bowl. It's because you have the infrastructure in place. So the reason I'm on Team Baker is not because I think Baker Mayfield is going to take this franchise to the next level. Could he? Yes, it can happen. Drew Brees didn't take San Diego to the uh, Super Bowl, but he took New Orleans. Why? Because they went out and got guys like Darren Sharper, who had seven some odd interceptions that year, right? And they got a little luck from Brett Favre throwing the ill-advised pick at the end of the NFC Championship game. But the point is, is that you build the infrastructure so that whoever does take over at quarterback doesn't have to come and take over a mess situation, and it's more formidable for him to take over and an easier transition. And I think Baker's Baker's a guy that has proven in this league that he can at least do that. Yeah. Better than a Sam Darnold. I need to put that on recording. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was gonna say the majority of these uh these quarterbacks that get drafted when they go to a good situation, they're successful. The ones that go to a bad situation, they aren't. And then they might not be good until they get to their next situation. Right. Uh we can we can talk about uh, you know, 
Tannehill. We can talk about the fact that uh, when when Mahomes was drafted, he was drafted to a good team. The 49ers with Trey Lance. We'll see what happens there. He was drafted to a good team. Ben Roethlisberger. Um, yeah, Aaron exactly. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I Aaron mean, you, you have you have people like when you're drafted to a good team, you tend to have success early on. Like it's just the reality of this the the league. You're not drafted like if you're drafted number one or number two, such as Zach Wilson and Trey uh, and Trevor Lawrence. You're not drafted to good teams. Like let's be real about it. And by you're the way, like we also remember. And by the way, like normally I'm not a proponent of this. Like I'm kind of, I agree with Warren and John right here, but I'm also kind of, I've been anti that on the show. I believe you need a dude at the quarterback position, but you're not wrong either. Like we're not going to pretend like Case Keenum didn't quarterback the Minnesota Vikings. What didn't they go to the NFC Championship game? Yeah, that, that's yeah. the year when they embarrassed Minnesota the Saints. Miracle. Yeah. Diggs sideline touchdown. Like that was the same that moment, year. Yeah. Like. I mean, so you're not wrong in that part of the reason why I do think that the Panthers are going to be a better team, even though I'm not a big time Baker Mayfield believer, is because we do have the kind of team where we're not going to require Baker to be some kind of superhero. Like, we're we're really going to run an offense that theoretically should be perfect for him, so. I do agree with you on that. We got four more calls, man. Let's Let's, uh, let's jump through these things. It's me, Sea Dog. I'm just calling real quick to check up the things. Real quick, man. Brady Christensen is the best left tackle on our team. When we got to Iki, Iki is a, it's nothing wrong with having a Hall of Fame of guard. Then having a low, that's right. Uh, uh, a bit goddamn, a bit motherfuckers. Man, basically, Iki got them going to move motherfuckers for run blocking. Absolutely. Know. But Brady Christensen is is uh, the most athletic offensive lineman we have on the team. Therefore, why he had a such high last for last season. Wow! But we got this dumb last coach in Matt Rule who had him playing everything except his fucking position. But when he did play left tackle last year, he did remarkable. You know, in the, in the games that he had. You know, it's a shame that he didn't get a whole seventeen games on his belt. At the left tackle position, but I'm fine with if he's been a Hall of Fame left guard. Now, let's talk about Dante Jackson real quick. Dante Jackson is a motherfucking nickel cornerback. He cannot guard Julio Jones, Mike yeah, Thomas, I wanted this Mike too. Evans, shit, Devontae Adams. You know, you can't really be at nobody who's bigger and stronger than him. Hold on, he just you named know, three elite right. wide receivers. <laughs> you know, he's overrated. He said he's getting fucking burnt every fucking year. And even his rookie year, all of his people doing good because James Bradbury was on the opposite side of him, locking down a number one fucking receiver. And he was on a fucking number two receiver. So it took that game, he probably got to got them his first fillers and got them Antonio Brown burnt his ass all goddamn game. But uh, Dante Jackson, he's all right, but he's a nickel back. Now, Jeremy Chen is a motherfucking safety. You know, so stop talking about putting Jeremy Chen at goddamn linebacker. The first year we played Jeremy Chen at linebacker, he had to get fucking knee surgery. He's not big enough to be a motherfucking linebacker. He was not goddamn safety. Him and Fred Warner. Talk about the Baker Mayfield bum ass. Uh, like I said again, I'll, look, you let Max Corral be the fucking quarterback, man. 
see what the fuck we got. But we already know what we got in Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald, and the same fucking draft class. Two fucking bums. Yeah, fucking bums. Now, with that being said, make sure you got them subscribe. Make sure you hit the motherfucking like button. They out here every Tuesday. And we got them Friday. Right now, I got them Tony on vacation. We got them Cody holding down. Um, we can go. We got them Cody Miss. got them Friday. Tony will hold it down. We always do a great job with a great show and everything. So make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Everybody have a great night. Great show Try again, it. as always, fellas. Keep pounding. This is me, hey, C-Dog. I'm just calling them. C-Dog goes from being one of the... C-Dog goes from being like the troll of the community to being like one of the most, one of the more valued members. Like I love his, tra- I love his transition into being like, like one of the the most loyal and consistent viewers of this show. I, I'm absolutely in, uh, in all of that, man. But C-Dog is like a super chill G baby. <laughs> He's like a super there you chill. Go. And yeah, like they're, boy- they're, they're boys too. Like they, uh, you know, but shout out C-Dog, man. Like, Dude, C Dog has been in our chat room forever, and I remember when people used to want me to ban him and like get him out. People thought that he was a troll. I'm like, no, nah, he's a Panther fan, man. He's just speaking his opinion, yeah. and that's what this podcast is about. So shout out C Dog, man. You know we appreciate that loving, and he's right, man. Whenever I'm not available for the free for all, Tony's been holding it down. Tony's yeah. not here tonight. Has to be a good husband or whatever. Who does that? Right. So, you know, here I am, you know, holding it down. So that's what we do. And, of course, I got my guys here, Greg, CK, special guest, John, joining us tonight, man. C3 is doing big things. By the way, uh, CK uh, brought this to my attention. We're 80 subscribers away from 4,000, man. You guys have killed it tonight, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, Man, we've, you guys uh, have been incredible tonight. I think we've gone up yeah. 30 or 40 subs just in this evening, which is actually one of our better nights. So uh, yeah. it's been uh, it's been an incredible night, guys. I appreciate all you guys for uh, hitting that sub. But, yeah, we're so close to that goal. We have a few preseason games to get there, but the sooner the better because then we can start uh, unleashing the next uh, next wave of goals on you guys because we're trying to – we're going to explode this thing, we're hoping. Oh, can, yeah, and we're going I- to, can I real quick before we go to the next call just touch real quick on what was said on the last one? Because while I like the passion in the call, you literally just named Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and I think you said one other wide receiver. You literally just named four Hall of Fame wide receivers. Like there's maybe two cornerbacks in the NFL that could hang with them. Like I I I get it. Dante's not the best cornerback in the NFL. Right. But at the same time, you just named four Hall of Fame wide re- first ballot Hall of Fame wide receivers. Like, I mean, what cornerback can guard them all the time? And great you know? to add on to what you're saying too. A lot of teams, they might not do it all the time, but they're moving their best receiver into the slot. Yes. So even so C Dog, even if you feel Dante is best served at nickel. There are still going to be moments where he is going to have to go up against those dudes. Yeah. So you know, it's you have to be prepared. And I think that with all the talent that we've added, there is no reason should he stay healthy. Knock on wood. There is no reason why we should not see the very best Dante Jackson that we've ever seen. Man, I'm I'm really pumped for Dante. I think he's going to uh, continue upon his yep. breakout year last year and. 
I really do something special, man. We've only got three calls left, man. Only three. Let's do it. Hey, hey, hey. You know who this is. It's the phone that makes the moan. White chocolate espresso. I got a question. Ian Thomas went down today, got hurt. My question to y'all is, should we bring in another tight end in case this might be a serious injury? might be out for some time. I'm hoping for Jared Cook. Oh, he yeah. played for South Carolina, so obviously I want him. But he's also a good receiving tight end. I think Baker would love him. Baker loves throwing to the tight end. I know we got Tommy Trimble, and we're hoping, but Tommy Trimble is a hope. Jared Cook has proven to be a reliable receiver. I think he had, like, over 600 yards last year, like four or five touchdowns. Like, you can get him cheap. He's a veteran. You can get him for the minimum. Give me your thoughts. Peace. So, Kevin has two calls. Hey, it's the phone that makes a moan again, part two. I got an idea, all right? We got four quarterbacks. But I say we keep them all throughout the season, all four quarterbacks. And we just go fucking ape shit, right? Just have <laughs> each quarterback start a quarter like of each game. Like, Baker like starts first, Sam the second, Terry Corral, fourth, DJ. And then second game, you have Sam start first, Baker the second, <laughs> PJ the third, and Corral the fourth. And just keep fucking like mixing it. them up through all the season. You know, if we're going to be a circus, let's be a fucking wild circus, you know what I mean? Let's be circus Brace delay. fucking entertaining this shit. Hell yeah, embrace it. I love it. Let's just do it. Do it big. Make it entertaining. <laughs> Who's going to start this week? Who's going to start the second quarter? Who's going to the third? I don't know. All I know is this is a gigantic shit show we're watching. And it's beautiful. Because it's a fucking humongous train wreck. Go big or go home. <laughs> That's my belief. Go big or go home. I love that. <laughs> Hey, peace. All that right, good. that was good. Uh, yeah, lean into the shit show. I guess why not at this point? When you treat uh, every every game like a preseason game. Yeah, when you're when you're so hey. good at embarrassing yourself, uh, why not? Uh, We're really good in look, preseason. I, I say, do let's that. let's <laughs> go back to his original question. Do we need to? Uh, are y'all worried about uh, tight end if uh, Ian Thomas does have no uh, a sustained injury or? No. Because well, there's also uh, the Sullivan guy. Yeah, we'll and hear. I believe about. he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't been at camp because uh, he had a family member or something that passed yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so hasn't been to right camp, now, but you're hearing raving reviews about him. Um, and we have Colin Thompson, I think, still on the on the squad as well. Oh, that's um, a name I forgot completely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still here. What I'm worried about with tight end is the fact that we got rid of Dan Arnold. And I've seen articles this year about how great he looks, and he's going to be the next uh, Dan Waller or Darren Waller. So, like, that's what I'm most afraid of at tight ends. That we had the guy, and Matt Rule got rid of him. We might have, yeah. But we got. I've heard good things about him this year so far. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know if we need to upgrade that position. I mean, just because, like, I feel like there's other positions that we still would need. I would like to potentially upgrade linebacker even further. Would you rather have linebacker or tight end? If you could upgrade one position right now to a starting elite player, a player who is a top 10 player, would you rather have a top 10 middle linebacker or a top 10 tight end right now? 
right now, probably the linebacker. Okay. But I don't know. It depends. I don't know how long Ian Thomas is going to be, be out. We haven't gotten a whole lot of concrete information on that yet. But yeah. I don't think we're to the point where we need to go out looking. Um, I think there's probably some guys on the practice squad that could even come in. Tony is a stickler about this. He never says to draft them early. He thinks they're kind of like a dime a dozen. You can find them. And to his credit, a lot of the better guys have been drafted in the later rounds. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know if we're quite there yet. I said let training camp play out. Let's see the severity of Ian Thomas. Um, and, yeah, mm-hmm. let's just let, let's see how, how it goes. Um, Chuck from Elizabeth City is going to be our final call to close out the night. Hey, guys. Chuck from Elizabeth City, a.k.a. Carolina. Chuck. I just want to get a couple of shout-outs. First of all, one Carolina, that guy right there, professional. He does some of the best content there is out there. The seriousness, uh, the in-depth viewpoints, and just how he brings it. And that's the great thing about YouTube. You get so many people doing channels. Of course, I have my own. Um, You guys do a wonderful job. But one Carolina, shout-out to him. And I want to give a a shout-out to one of our C3 people. G-Babe, been watching the, the Friday free-for-all, and, man, he really brings in different opinions sometimes. I don't always oh, agree, shit. but I love his mocks. He is the Baker Mayfield of fandom for C3. Oh, God. Because he's got that mocks he brings He might not in, like that. I just, I just like his swag. Hey guys, I feel like that was city. almost a not okay, intentionally, though. I just want to get a couple of shout-outs. Yeah, I I don't know if G would like that comparison because uh, not 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 a big fan of Baker, but hey man, I love people who give love, man. So shout out to Chuck from Elizabeth City, uh, uh, Carolina sports guy on YouTube. That's his YouTube channel. So hmm. check him out, Carolina yeah, sports guy. Uh, yeah, Chuck is incredible, and uh, and yeah, John is incredible. John's been awesome, man. John, we definitely yeah. appreciate you. Uh, Thank you, man. Hanging you guys are incredible. Podcast, yeah. Man. I love being here, man. It, you know, like I said, I I stand on the shoulders of all you greats, man. Like you, you know, I started my channel because of watching, you know, you, uh, Big Cat, uh, Rashad and and Dave. And, you know, now I'm a, actually I've become a, quite a big fan of uh, Unnecessary Bluntness with uh, uh, Aaron Duncan. So, yep. uh, yeah, cool. man, all you guys, man. But obviously this is this is home base for me because uh, I've, I've started off watching you guys and it's, it's an absolute honor to be uh, a part of the show. Appreciate you, man. Mm-hmm. Y'all check out one Carolina on YouTube. John's going to be uploading more to his channel. Y'all show love to Panther content mm-hmm. creators. That's what we do. Y'all. Absolutely. That's what we do. Rise and tide lifts all boats. Well, gentlemen, I'll be damned if we didn't do a three hour and 37 minute show. <laughs> Twig, that it. That is kind of yeah, the trademark, right? right? Yeah, that's what we do. We uh we do long form podcasts that go way longer than even we intend them to. Yeah, we we always have this plan. Like we're gonna do this to make sure this doesn't go that far, and yeah, we yeah. just never find a way to the best laid plans of mice and men, dude. I'm even right. keeping track of time, and we still go way over what we expected to yeah dude art dude rest in peace come this season bro bro yeah, we, we, just... gonna have, 
I'm gonna. I think cocaine is probably gonna be in my future to try to get me through the the days of work. Five hour, some five hour energy. No, that alpha brain, bro. I'm telling you, it's working. Yeah, man, do something. You know, so um, what are those pixie sticks? Maybe snort, (laughs) maybe snort one of them right to your face. You know, I mean, do do something. Let's be clever about it. We we have a podcast to do. You know, that's what we do, man. But uh, look here. It's time for our final segment of the evening. It's when we pay our homage to the great Panther legend, Steve Smith. It's time to ice some fools up. Ice up, son. Ice up. Ice up, son. Ice up. Does anyone have something that they would like to use? Uh, to go first, I got a good one, well, a funny one. Do it. Do your thing, man. Kind of ironic. Um, so okay, um, there is the AMTA, which is the uh, American Massage Therapy Association, right? <laughs> oh, yes. boy. And I, I would, I would think that you would have a little bit of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you could read the room and, and understand what you're doing. Apparently, they're ha- they have a national convention every year. And they decided to have their national convention this year in Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> which which normally wouldn't be that big of a deal, except for the fact that the quarterback that Cleveland, Ohio just signed has the situation he's in. So when I heard that story, <laughs> and I'm sure this is probably planned months before they ever signed him, but just the, 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 the timing of the story, I heard it and then knowing this, it's just funny that I think that they're having the national massage therapy convention in Cleveland, Ohio, with Deshaun Watson being the quarterback of the Cleveland <laughs> Browns. So I don't even need to explain anymore. Enough said with that. I saw that today. I was like, oh, there's my sub pick right there. So I sub. And by the way, it's literally, <laughs> it's one block away from Brown Stadium. <laughs> you can't make it up, dude. Huh? <laughs> I mean, you, li- you literally can't make it up. It's a mm-hmm. block away from Brown Stadium. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. It is. That's Dude, that's when life is at its peak. You know, when shit like that happens, that's the best. Stars align for that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, CK, you got something? Um, you know, I was going to just ice up the officiating of uh, of the, the, the Hall of Fame game. Uh, initially, just the initial, the first play of the game was a roughing the passer, um, which was not a roughing the passer, uh, by the way. And apparently there has been, because the league, there was a reduction in the amount of flags uh, for personal fouls, like or for like a, a, like basically for the defense hitting offensive players too hard or lowering the head or something. The NFL put out, a st- like has basically put out, we want you guys to throw more of those flags because there wasn't as much contact last year. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I understand the thought. So uh, it's it's already starting out in a really shitty way that that I think that this is going to be a very offensive driven league this year because I think the defenses are going to be penalized like a mother. So um, I'm going to ice up the officiating crew, especially for the first snap of the 2022 season happens to be a rough in the passer, which was a garbage call. Yeah. Yeah. Ice up. Ice up. John, you uh. I don't know if you prepared anything or oh, you yeah. something. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. So, 
I saw something on Twitter today, but I think it may have happened a couple of days ago. Um, but there's this quarterback in New York, and his name is Daniel Jones. Mm. And he threw what looked like a normal out route, and it went way, way out. And I would like to ice up Mr. David Gettleman for thinking that Daniel Jones was a first-round quarterback, Vernon Butler was a first-round tackle, or defensive tackle. Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. And getting rid of Josh Norman after a tremendous season, only to have 2016 blow up in our face. So ice up, Mr. Gettleman. Thank you, C-Dog. I appreciate you, brother. I'm I'm talking. I didn't even know I was muted. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is this is the the clip in question. Uh, and Tony sent me a clip the other day. Or not oh my a clip, god! But it was like um, it, it it was uh that one of the guy one of the sideline photographers for the uh the Giants is a guy in a wheelchair, and apparently Daniel Jones. He missed so bad that he hit him. Oh gosh, <laughs> dude, I, I wanted so badly to put Daniel Jones. Damn you and your man. You remember uh, my people? Remember um, what was it? Um, Longest yard. Remember when Brucey went in? Like it's Brucey time to shine, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a Brucey pass. So my ice up for tonight is referees at a high school football game. Um, so apparently this referee was big time mad, y'all. And nobody wow. knows what this dude was really mad about. But look at this dude in the red shorts. Look at my man fully acting out. And you have not yes, seen the best part. Then I don't look how buddy does them. That's great. Bro, you know it's bad when you're pitching a temper tantrum and (laughs) old buddy just picks you up and walks away. Bro, I don't know whatever you were mad about, but you ended up embarrassing yourself on the internet in front of the whole world. Mm -hmm. Bro, he like I hope whatever you were upset about. Uh, I hope it was worth it. He's uh, like 5 chat, 1. No wonder you mad. Chat room says Kevin Hart. <laughs> Jay Young says, Is that Lil Uzi? <laughs> Bro. Uh, dude, shout out to him. He's only five foot two, you know. He can't help it. Five but two. uh s- Cody, right. if you're if you're done, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a little unjust here. I wasn't here last week. I'm gonna I wanna see if can I get an additional ice up pick in here for last week, sure. just real quick. Uh, this is one that came up this week, and I, I was debating which one I wanted to do. But um, I don't know if you heard about this Anne Hash, uh, Anne Hash or Crash she had um, mm-hmm. in California. Okay. So, like, apparently she oh, was driving yeah, a car. Yeah. Uh, she crashed into a house. It took 60 firefighters to put out the, fi- the fire that, that she caused and the destruction she caused. She's in a coma now, and I, and I wish the best for her. I really do. Like, I, I, I'm not wishing anything bad on her by oh, any means. Oh, Anne Hash? Hash, yeah, that's what I meant to say. The, I'm the, ice, the actress I'm, is the actress. The actress, yes. Oh, I'm icing know. up. She's all, in yeah, she, got, she got into a wreck. She she was basically. I don't know the details of it. From what I understand, she was speeding through a neighborhood extremely fast, crashed into a house, destroyed the house. It took sixty firefighters to put the flames out. 
and she's in a coma now. Okay. And I'm not icing up her by any means because we all make mistakes and I get that. What I'm icing up is all the people in the world that are sending her love and prayers and money or whatever you want to send her. What about the people whose house she crashed into that are not a rich celebrity? Like, does anybody care about them? And that's the spot that we're in America that really pisses me off is that we put these athletes and celebrities on such pedestals that they can fuck up. I don't know what happened with her. I don't know if she was drunk. I don't know if it was she passed out. I have no idea. So I don't want to judge on that. But regardless, she ran into a family's home and destroyed their home. Yeah. You know, Mm. and all anybody can think about is, is she okay? But there are people who are probably not nearly as well off as her. That's our lives are probably destroyed that nobody gives a shit about. And that's what I'm icing up is, is let's, let's focus yeah. our attention in the right spot here. Y'all I'm not saying don't give her, don't give her prayers. If you want to throw them their way or thoughts. If you want to throw them that way or money even, but let's consider the family she destroyed too, because they're also mm-hmm. suffering probably a lot worse than her. So that's my, ice up, my second ice up pick a little more serious Good point. Yeah. Ice up. Well said brother. Ice up. Well, gentlemen, Bro. White chocolate espresso, you trip. He said that man got a short temper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kevin. Man, have y'all seen that? Have y'all seen that little video of uh? It's like some when Kyler Murray signed this contract. It was like somebody posted a video of this like little like power wheel or something car driving in the middle of traffic, and it was like Kyler Murray going to sign his contract. <laughs> 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 Did you guys see the one that uh, Tony posted? Uh, it was somebody he was it was a retweet, but it was uh, it was basically the um, it was one of our it might have been our NFL or our playoff one of our playoff games from two thousand and three, and it was I think Stephen Davis. Who did his little dive across the goal oh, line, yeah. holding so his I hand out, and it just yeah. Deshaun Foster, That's what it was, yeah. and uh, and it just cuts to like a like uh, Matt Rule, like with a really angry face on, like yeah. like cause he, after the whole like <laughs> reaching your hand over the, the yeah, line, you might have to play that because that was such a hysterical. <laughs> Whoever made that was that was a genius thing because of this whole like reaching that right, ball across the goal line. I. uh well, in that in the middle of that uh, that press conference, I was really just laughing because I'm just sitting there thinking, "Oh God, people are going to comment on how, yeah, these he he's built a team that doesn't reach the ball across the goal line." You're absolutely right. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, uh, dude, what a world we live in, man. Yeah, what crazy. a world we live in, dude. Well, in uh, a world full of madness and chaos and craziness. There is the C3 Panthers podcast. And we just did three hours, hours. and 50 minutes. Mm. Almost four hours for y'all. Tony's Can y'all be so imagine proud. the stamina that we have? <laughs> man, we're out here, man. We don't get tired. Shout out Kevin Gates, man. We don't get tired. Right. Never, bro. And you know what we actually do? We keep pounding. Hell Just like yes. I asked y'all to keep pounding the like button. We're so close to 4,000 subscribers, y'all. We're so close to 4,000 subscribers. Now you got to come back. Come back. Tell her to come back. Yeah, she's wearing a Panthers hat. Oh, she is. Let me closer. Let me closer. All right, don't be shy now. There she is. I like that. I like that. I oh, got the other. Oh, snap. Yeah. Got the other. Yeah. 
Oh, Jay, just keep, yeah. keeping those Panthers fans coming along. That's right. Hey, <laughs> Raising them right. Yes, John's sir. doing it right, man. He's raising the next generation of Panther fans. So. Absolutely. Hey, man, y'all be like John. Continue to support the channel. My name is Cody Lashley, filling in for the professor tonight. Absolutely. I hope I did a good job uh, to my my guys. Greg, CK, you know I love you. Appreciate the both of you. I'll be seeing you both very, very soon. Two days, baby. Oh, shit. And, um, yeah, so, guys, be monitoring my Twitter account, uh, Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C, uh, the Bat Daddy 52 and Cody Allen on Twitter. Uh, as we get closer to time and figure out everything, we're going to better coordinate and we're going to put out our stuff on Twitter so people can come see us and hang out with us and, you know, take pictures and all that good stuff, man. It ought to be a good time. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, our very special guest, John from One Carolina. John, again, cannot thank you enough, brother. You're thank fantastic. you guys for having me. Yeah. You always bring the heat, man. You have fantastic takes and opinions. Y'all go follow this man, One Carolina, on YouTube. Uh, I think that's it, boys. Anything that's else it. we have before, before we got to get out of here? They feel. <laughs> Baker Bottoms, baby. Baker bottoms. Baker bottoms and becoming a Baker Bottom. Yeah, I'm telling you. It, All the way. <laughs> one right. Carolina shop.com. If you want to be a Baker Bottom, one Carolina shop. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, C3 Panther Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. Keep pounding.